When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and cash a flash film academy podcast if you want to learn how to take pretty pictures this is not the place but if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera buckle up because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host ty turner get us a minute how y'all feeling this week good space gentlemen good space yeah. We over here rooting for the Rangers. Hopefully they can uh, go ahead and win the World Series tonight in about an hour. So we're going to hopefully they'll be able to pop that off, you know, and, and do them boys like they All did. All I the heard was ghost strokes. I, I, I definitely didn't say I definitely didn't say that. Yeah, my mic's that may be your speaker. I don't know if that's my mic, but that may be your speaker. But uh, did y'all have a chance to check out the video about scarcity talking about the Willy Wonka effect? I didn't, but I wanted to. I'm catching up on a couple couple of new videos that you've been posting. Cause every video I post now is gonna be is more of a it's more of a course style video. So it'll be add-ons to stage one, two, and three. Um and this one this week talks about creating scarcity to get clients to buy. It talks about using natural scarcity, uh, if that makes sense, to get clients to kind of uh pull the trigger to keep them from um to keep them from procrastinating, if that makes sense. Just ways we can do that to help, you know, to help encourage more sales. So I have a and question. I, if I'm in stage one still, should I be focusing on those new videos that you create or should I be focused on the module solely? I, I think you can kind of do both because some of the new some of the new courses are at, like the first one I dropped was an add-on to stage one. Okay. This one recently is more of a stage three add-on, but it, I mean, it's something you can definitely know. Um, it's, you know, to, you have to have your products in order to even implement it. So it's something to think about before you start to, uh, it's before you start to uh, develop your products and services. So it's a good thing to think about. Okay. Appreciate hey, it. Uh, I, I like to yeah. kick on there. It's like business is a holistic thing. So just because someone might be working on, Stage one, if you have something from stage two or stage three that's in there, it's still going to be something that they're going to need to know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, like then, a, it, it's definitely like a muscle. You got to gotta keep working it out to, to make it stronger. Yeah. And it's just like this dinner that I'm cooking here. I have to keep an eye on my pork chops, my rice, and my green beans, <laughs> and my son over in, uh, in the background making a silly joke. But... The, uh, the, the thing that I was going to kick out there was uh, when you start looking at scarcity. So, like, if you look at, like, what me and, like, uh, you know, the guy whose nickname is uh, Ransom, you know, we do a lot of sports stuff. 
mm-hmm. you go up there and you say, hey, I can show you the whole season right now at the beginning of the, like we're, we're starting basketball right now. I can show you all the basketball. Next week, I can't show you all the basketball. I can show you what's left. I can show you the, the next 95%. You know, same thing with football, you know, which here in Texas, we're having our last last week of regular season. And so people, they're calling me up. They're like, hey, can I get the last game? It's like, you can. But you could have had the whole season at a right. discounted rate if you would have started two months back. And that scarcity that is natural, I, I don't have a time machine. You know, the, the closest thing to a time machine I have is my archives, <laughs> you know, but you, you, we can't go back in time and do a spotlight on somebody. Um, so, uh, you know, like that, that's just an, a, an example of natural scarcity, exactly how you're talking in the video. Yeah. In part two, I go into some ideas about using natural scarcity um to 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 push your client. I mean, there's a lot of things around you. And one of the examples that I give to give you guys a uh like a touch on it, if you're a photographer, right? You know, fall only happens one time a year. The 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 leaves are orange one time a year. And you can use that to your advantage by doing photo shoots or video shoots using that background, you know, using that time of year, using that type of image. And you can use it in a in a sale or you can use it to to create scarcity to drive sales. Hey, we're doing a fall, you know, uh, a fall special or a fall shoot um, for these type of photos, but time is limited. We only got 50 slots. And using that scarcity will help people, you know, say, okay, let me pull the trigger on this. I can't wait around, you know, this the only day it can happen. I'm going to tell you, I knew a friend that was a photographer and he used to do like, uh, like stuff like if there's an eclipse, um, he had like a landing where you can kind of get things in order. If there's a full moon, that's what he used to definitely do. A full moon, you can have a full moon in your shot. And he would only do it on certain days. He only got certain slots on this full moon to take this photo, and they would believe it or not, they would sell out. So you can use things around you to create scarcity. I mean, you don't have to wait till the fourth of July to have a sale. As a photographer or a videographer, there, there's certain, and then another thing too is. Depending on what niche you're in, that niche have seasons, right? I do a lot of event. Event season here, you know, goes from about May to about, I want to say, October. You know, during that season, like, we only take a certain amount of clients. So whatever niche you're in, it can be wedding photography. It can be, you know, I work with companies that bake cakes for weddings. Well, they have a season, Use that season or whatever season the niche you're in to your advantage. I'll give you an example. I did a lot of stuff in ortho. Well, a majority of their clients were due to summer because they had a lot of kids getting braces and they didn't have school. So, you know, there's things you can do to help them prepare for that season. And you could you could use, you know, use that season as scarcity. So it just kind of make you think about, okay, what am I doing? What are the seasons? What holidays are important? Or what are some things I can use to drive sales around me um, in my niche? And depending on what, you know, what I'm doing. Um, so it, 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 it's just it's there to get your gears turning to have you think more or look at your business in that way um, as you grow your business. If that makes sense. This mug is still loading. All right. Let me give it a second. But so, oh, yeah. So. What you say? I was gonna say. Um, I was gonna ask. Based on the season, right? Is it always a discounted amount that you add for your, you know, each thing? 
Okay. It doesn't have to be a discounted amount. It can be a limited amount of slots. If if you do it right, you can actually make more instead of making less because of your availability. The, the reason I like scarcity based on time limits, right? Like like in the video, I talked about a lady, which is a friend of mine who, who do a lot of animation for Halloween. Well, she only got 150 slots. The price of those slots go up. They're not a discount. It's not saying, hey, you know, October, you get, you know, you get a discount. It's saying, hey, I'm only taking 150 people. And this is the price. Once these slots are filled, you can't get in until next year. So you don't have to necessarily use scarcity as a discount tactic. You can use scarcity as a as a slot. We only have, you know, a certain amount of slots available. Um, like, you know, one of the things I talk about in the video is maybe taking pictures at your state fair or finding a local event at in your area that that only happens, you know, a few times. Like I give you an example. I'll give you something that's like, I'm not even gonna say lame, but like where I live, there's a park not too far from me where the city decorate all the trees with lights. Right? If I want I can do photos, I can do Christmas photo shoots there if I, you know, if I needed to. Um and I can do them for a limited time. The lights aren't up all year. I can do them for a limited time. Hey, I'm for the next 100 people hit me up. I'm doing Christmas photo shoots at this park with these lights while they're still up. And you can get your images back in time to send out Christmas cards. So that's a scarcity tactic that will make people say, okay, let me get off my ass and let me come and be a part of this. If that's what I want to do, you know, but we got to get them done between you know, November 1st and November 18th for me to get them back to you by November 20th so that you can um, send them out for Christmas. So those are things that, you know, that's a, a way you can create scarcity. Um, and also you have limited slots. Your price will go up instead of going down. Okay. I appreciate that. Oh, no problem. No problem. You know, so I kind of piggybacking on that yeah, since you're, uh, uh, you know, hold on. Has the technical difficulties uh, ironed themselves out yet? Not yet. I'm gonna switch over as okay. soon as it finished. But you did go All for right. it. So what I was gonna add was just just how you were saying about those slots. You know, for instance, uh, you know, with with with, with my sports niche, where I, I'm sitting there and it's like I'm getting more and more people who are buying, and what's gonna end up happening is the price is going to be going up because to get my skill level and my equipment, and I've been doing this for, you know, like a, a good long time to get my skill level. I can still only do a full production on so many say football players or so many cheerleaders or so many band kids or whatever. And after that, I have to hire extra photographers and, then I'm, and so it's like any, so I, I have to hit a certain amount where I, where it, it makes sense and that's all that I can do. And then I have to bring on somebody else who's not as skilled, not as fast. And, and I can only add so many more slots for that person. And so eventually, you know, if, if I start having a, uh, a lot of customers, then I have to add more and more people and, that 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 there's the goal. My, my goal is to offer a lot, but at the same time, we end up having to now start pricing people out because 
you know, there's only so much that we can do in a given amount of time. And so it's, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm phrasing it a little bit different because sometimes people hear things differently. And so, yeah, I mean, w- so, yeah. with that, I'm, for me, I'm not even hiring more people. I'm just giving, I'm just going up on the price until, until the slots price out, to be honest with you. I'm just going to make more money in less time. I mean, unless you want to open it, open it up. But for the most part, I'm saying, Hey, we got a hundred slots. Get in where you fit in. And if they sell out too quickly, I know next time we, you know, hundred slots at a hundred dollars going to go up to a hundred slots at $150 or a hundred slots at $200 until I get to the sweet spot where, you know, I'm, I'm filling up, but I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm making more money per, per event or per shoot. And like I said, you guys can use this in any aspect of your business. But the thing is understanding, you know, they say you can break rules once you know them. Um, and I think, you know, scarcity is a tactic that a lot of companies use on us. I mean, one of the great examples I use is the McRib. For some reason, people don't care about the McRib, but when they come back, it sells because it's limited, limited numbers. I mean, look at anybody who buy Jordans. They know if you want a color, they're not going to be available. You got to buy them as soon as they become available. You can't wait around and say, oh, OK, I'm going to get these later. Like you can a pair of white Air Force Ones. You got to go grab them when they're out. In fact, you got to get there early. You got to stand in line or you got to order them, you know, that night they drop. They're just using scarcity. Their scarcity is limited availability. That's how they're using scarcity to get people to Because think about it. If they offer every color Jordans all the time, I don't know if the sales would be what they are. So they know that we're just going to roll them out. We're just going to switch the colors up and roll them out once every four or five years. And, and you know, either way, we selling, you know, half million pair of Jordans per month because we dropping a different color. Same materials, just a different color, different ink. And because of that, it allows them to stay relevant forever or until people get tired of, you know, get tired of it. But they got so many colors. It ain't like you can wait them out. If you like if you like the 11s black and white, you may not see them for five years. You know what I'm saying? You may not see them for five years. So you got to jump on them. Even the used market is crazy. So, you know, uh, VR Media say Disney run into that problem with uh, with with Disney Plus right now. Well, what they're doing is, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out a way to get people to sign up. It's different. You know, they may say, hey, we're offering these movies for a limited time only. Or if you sign up now, you get access to these movies or those movies. So it just depends. It, it depends what tactic they choose to use. But a lot of companies are using. I mean, Black Friday is the biggest scarcity um, tactic you'll see in the real world. I mean, you got one day to, or now it's really through the weekend, but you got one day to save money and people kill themselves breaking in, trying to get into the store. So, I mean, that's just a, a, a different example of how companies are using this. Um, and the goal is for us to learn about it so that we can use it and use it to our advantage. You can, you can learn a lot stealing from big companies. Um, and that, you know, there's a whole lot you can, you can look at and see, let me see. We use this principle at church. We heavily promote Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. A lot of a lot of companies use scarcity. Get there first. Get there early. You know, buy your stuff now. I mean, think about it. Look, look at how many 
I'll give you an example. Like when you buy games now, right? It's not really, it used to be a time where you would want to get in line at GameStop to buy a game because your fear was it would sell out. And since games aren't on digital, they aren't, they aren't on tangible media anymore, the chances of them selling out doesn't exist. So what do they do now? Well, if you pre-order, you'll get more digital content. You'll get a free, you know, weapon skin or something like that. If you pre-order, you'll get this, that, and the other. Um, and that's their way of using scarcity. Hey, only a certain amount of people are going to get this pre-order. Those who order early after launch, you can't get it. Well, that's a scarcity tactic. That is a tactic they use to get you to buy things because you'd like, I'll just wait till it come out. Oh, but if I pre-order, I get this. So they're just using the tactic to help drive early sales. So we, you know, you gotta, you gotta use this tactic to your advantage with your company, you know, and you may be in an area that have mountains and it's snow on the mountains in certain time of year. You may be in an area where anything is, you know, anything happened in your area rarely or once a year. Those are all things you can use um, to create scarcity with your brand. You may do outdoor fall headshots. I mean, that's just, you know, that's the example I like going to because seasons change. I mean, even here in Texas, our trees turn orange and, you know, we have a beautiful fall environment. It's not like Michigan, but it's, you know, it's not far from it. But there are people who love the fall. There are people who want outdoor executive level headshots in a fall atmosphere. Create you know, create that marketing for your, your email list or your clients uh, and push it. Have any of you ever used any 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 scarcity before in any of your marketing? Are any of you doing any marketing right now? I haven't, but I, I have a question. Go for it. With, with these techniques, are there a lot of techniques that someone should study or is this like, 10 or five different fundamentals that you should master? Honestly, there are a lot. There are a lot of different techniques. I think the goal is more of understanding like your niche and what works with your beta client and, and going from there. I mean, because the thing is this, you can, you can be photographers in two totally different things and your schedules won't be, your seasons aren't the same, right? Um, wedding season is different from corporate event season. Um, if you're in, let's say Vegas, right? They got a lot of conferences come there. Well, conference season is completely different than headshot season in their area. But the goal is to understand the season for your niche and apply these tools to that. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Any, what other, what other marketing are you guys currently doing? Anybody else currently doing any marketing? Uh, of go go for it. Well, just think of with the. Uh, I mean, it's just like you're uh, like trying to get beta clients. Um, we're just taking like the first three or something like that. Will be our beta clients. That's that's it. Everyone else after that has to pay. Has to pay full price. It's that's, that's a scary, yeah, that's it. That's a great way of putting it. Hey, I'm looking to work with three clients so that we can understand their business and provide you know a product to help do X, Y, and Z. I'm looking for three clients who have the availability um, for us to come in and develop this product. You're absolutely right. Using scarcity to get, to get your beta clients is a great way to get your beta clients, especially if you can position 
you know, what you offer and what they'll get and why you're only looking for three people. That That is a great way to approach, you know, your beta clients to get them to uh to be a part of what you're doing. This thing is still going. And don't be afraid to use this tactic. I mean, it's, it's in your advantage as long as you have a legitimate way to use it. Don't just be like, I'm only taking 10 just because. No, listen, we're taking three because our goal is to get to work next week and to be completed by this date. Or we're only taking three because, you know, it's 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 bit I'm I'm gonna tell you this. To my clients, I'm always busy. I'm never available. I'm not gonna say never available, I'm never idle. I'm always doing something. Um, because the good people are. The people who are trash are always available. They answer every call, they are there. At your every beckon, they they just you know what I'm saying you're not spending a million dollars with my company. We we're not going to dedicate somebody to you 24 seven. Now don't get me wrong, we're still going to provide great customer service, but we're not going to drop everything and come out and film tomorrow because you want to film something. We're busy, um, and so that creates a level of. For me, it allows me to underpromise and overdeliver. Right, I had a client where stuff went stuff went haywire, and they needed me to come out in two days. Um, because they wanted to add some stuff to, they needed me, this is the thing, we shot for them, they needed to add some stuff to the shoot after they reviewed footage, um, but we still wanted to keep the same delivery date, and because I'm like, yo, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, however, I can make time for you next Thursday, they were ecstatic, so again, I'm under-promising and over-delivering, they're ready to go, they're like, yeah, you know what I'm saying, like, because I'm not... To them, they know I'm super busy. For me to take time to squeeze them in my schedule, which, let's be real, it wasn't a shoot day for me. It's not a day I keep on the calendar as a shoot day. So I had it free anyway. But to them, it looked like I was moving mountains for them. right? It looked like great customer service. It looked like a company um, is bending over backwards to help them meet their goals, and they appreciate that. So those are things that, you know, it's just something to keep in your back pocket. It's, it's something that's real simple, real little that you can keep in your back pocket to use, you know, in a, in a, in different situations. Well, well, you know, and, and depending on, on what you have or on what your niche is, uh, you might actually have to set that, you know, uh, uh, well, have to set that, that type of uh, scarcity because you may only be able to link up with certain people like, uh, shoot, um, we may have a group session that, that we all want to do together. Like, hey, we're performing interviews at NAB, and this is all a collective group. Oh, hey, only 10 people can, uh, only 10 groups, 10 companies, whatever, can be interviewed by us as a group. That's because we all be at NAB. But yeah. other than that, yeah. we, you, you have to catch us separately. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, NAB, just like I tell y'all every year, if you go to NAB, bring cash because sometimes some companies be selling stuff. They don't want to, they don't want to pack it up and ship it. They'll sell it to you. And the deal you get is the only deal, you know, you can only get it while you're there. You can't leave and come back and say, okay, you got to be there with cash and say, this is what I want. Um, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't get that deal later. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's another way to use or another way that scarcity kind of, you know, plays a factor. But the the goal of this is to help you guys understand that, there, you know, if sales are slow, if I want to increase sales, if I want to increase engagement, like there are tactics and tips um, that big companies are using right under your nose that we never, you know, like I tell you all the time, business is like an apple pie. You can eat it every day. 
That don't mean you know how to make it. Um, and this is just a tactic that companies continue to use on us each and every day. In fact, I mean, think about it. Think about how much scarcity Halloween creates for candy companies, right? That bag of candy, the day before Halloween is $5. The day after it's a dollar. You know what I'm saying? It, Halloween holidays create natural scarcity for a lot of companies. Candy companies do major numbers around Halloween and Easter. Those are the, those are the two times the comp candy companies make 70% of their revenue. Um, you know, toys don't really sell until Christmas. Why do you think all these camera manufacturers drop in November and October so they can get ready for the Christmas season? So somebody can say, hey, I want an Osmo. Hey, I want the new MacBook Pro. Hey, I want this, that, and the other, the new iPhone. Everything dropped going in the fall for a reason because they understand that Christmas is a time where people spend money and they don't, they're not rational about what they spend. They just want to, they got to spend something. So why not have our product out ready and be the newest, latest and greatest thing that somebody can put on their Christmas list? That is, that is using scarcity to sell more items. You, you'll never see companies have made, they drop anything major in January because people are broke in January, February, March. People are broke. They're recovering from Christmas. So, you know, there's a reason why certain things happen when they happen. And a lot of it is using natural scarcity to help um, to help push and grow or push and sell their products. So we we can also use that, you know, with our business. We just have to be creative with how we do it. And the good thing about being in a photo video creative or content creation world is you know, the world is our is our canvas, right? And there are naturally occurring things in the world that we can use to create scarcity while still being our canvas. Um, you know, clear nights or like foggy mornings. Hey, I'm doing a photo shoot for the next five people to get down here. Uh, you know how dope a foggy morning shoot is? Golden hour is an example I use in the summertime. Golden hour is three hours. I, only, I can only fit in three people. Get in where you fit in. This is the price. So, you know, there's a lot of things we can use to help create um, scarcity to get clients to 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 act now or, you know, like I said in the video, it's called FOMO, their fear of missing out. We got to create situations that create FOMO for our clients or they'll just do it whenever. They'll get around to it whenever. Um, and we want to kind of eliminate that because people, we're, we're natural procrastinators. So, you know, the goal is to is to continue to, to think of ways to create that scarcity whether it be limited time offers, whether it be location situations, um, you know, it can be a lot of different things. It can be a whole lot of things. And you can collaborate. This is another thing I talk about in part two of that video is talk about the idea of collaborating with companies, right? So one of the one of the collaborations I talk about is getting with a cake, a cake baking company in your area. Um, you know, it may be a good collaboration to say, hey, what old cake do you got? What cake didn't sell? Can we do like a cake smashing photo shoot? One, it'll promote your, your cake making company. You know, your, your old cakes don't go to waste. We're cross, we're cross promoting. Well, guess what? We only got three cakes. We only got three slots. So now we got three slots for a cake smashing photo shoot. Um, we're promoting the cake company. Um, people are paying to get their images done. And it's a limited availability, so I can charge extra for it. So those are things doing doing collaborations is limited because I'm only here at this cake place for one day. I only got three cakes. 
that's what makes it a limited run. You know, so it's a lot of things like that you can think of. I've seen people do photo shoots in graveyards, which sound weird, but it's a lot of cosplay and people who want to do gothic, all black photo shoots in graveyards. Um, and it's for a limited time only. So you can also you can look to to cross promote different items and use scarcity to sell, you know, not your tickets, but sell the slots in that in that situation. Um, I've seen rooftop shoots that were limited time only. Um, I've seen, you know, downtown golden hour rush hour traffic shoots. I've seen a lot of different things that, uh, you know, that that help drive clients to purchase when they wouldn't have. Um, and the goal is just to be, you know, the goal is just to be creative with your ideas. Updated my Mac 30 minute, 30 minute update. Um, it's my, so it's my, uh, my roadcaster is tripping on me. Hold on. I'll show you my audio. Let's see if I can, uh, my, my roadcaster is wilding on me real quick. That mug doing this. So yeah, it's weird. So, but you know, we all good. I got a mic above me. You probably can see that mic, but, um, so, you know, that's the goal. That's even better. So, you know, the goal is to help you guys grasp and understand the idea um, so that you can start to think about it as you grow your business. It'll be in the grassroot of, um, you know, your ideas. And if we can and we can instill these ideas while you're still building your company, you may be able to tailor certain aspects of your business that way. You may be able to create um, products based off of scarcity. Um, so your whole Product is based off of it. And then you'll have seasons for it. So these are things that, you know, are, these are things that we got to think about. Um, and these are things that, you know, if you don't know, you just don't know. You, you're a victim of it every day. Um, you know, you see signs, you go to stores, you know, you walk past the stuff, you know, at Walmart every day. Um, and you never really stop to digest how that uh, tactic is is affecting you and affecting your buying decisions. A lot of people go into, I mean, people you know on Black Friday going into debt, trying to get a 70 inch for $200. A lot of people. We all know people that, you know, make dumb decisions because of scarcity. They make dumb decisions during Black Friday and holidays. You know, like, dog, you ain't got to kill yourself buying all these gifts. Your kid will still appreciate a gift in January, just like they did, you know, in December. But people felt like, man, I can't miss this holiday. I, I got to kill myself now so that the kids are happy. But it's one day um, because of the peer pressure. I'm not opening up gifts while everybody else is opening up gifts or, you know, your kid not having the, the, the freshest, you know, Jordan's going back to school on day one. They can't wait till a week after school start to get the to get the new J's. They got to step in day one. I mean, scare, this scarcity creates peer pressure for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, you got to you got to know how to use that with what you're offering, because there may be a time where you see a slump in sales. You see a slump in, you know, callbacks and you need ideas to kickstart things. And scarcity is a great idea to kind of kickstart things um, if you're stuck and you don't know where to go. Is there anything as using this tactic too much? So, yes and no. Um, if your scarcity is a sale, like let's say you, you always, you know, you put something on sale, you may get people who recognize that. And instead of buying during the, the down times, they'll just wait for another sale. 
But if your scarcity is something like um, it's something that's either naturally occurring or a location like, you know, let's say, for instance, you you you're doing a cake idea, right? Well, you're doing cake smashing photo shoots. Well, they don't know if that's ever going to come back. They can't sit out and wait for the next one. That's something they may want to jump on immediately. You know, that's why you got to be careful with sales, because if you're doing them too often, people will just wait for the next one. Um, if you do something different, though, if they don't know what you're doing next week, people, you know, Jordan's never go on sale. They just come out with different colors. Right. Even if you got if you even if you jumped on it last time, you want this color, too. You want that color. You want that color. And you'll notice that they're starting to come out with J's and some crazy colors. And then they come out with a boatload full of uh, a boatload full of clothes um, based on based on them shoes that they sell at the same time. So they they, they know what they're doing and they're doing it on purpose because they know the scarcity makes people want to go out. And people feel like I got to have the latest and greatest. I got to have this color. Um, you know, I got to have it. I mean, and that's just, you're right, Craig, that's just marketing and advertising. But you have to be careful with, with what you're offering um, because you want to, if it's, if it's common, it's not, it's not scarcity. If they can get it every other week, why, why do it this week? And that's the question you want to ask yourself whenever you're creating something like this. What, what will make a client want to do it this week instead of next week? by not offering it next week, doing something different. Um, so that's, I think that's a, I think that's a great question and definitely, uh, you know, definitely something to think about. VR media say the Disney vault, um, was the ultimate form of scarcity before screaming. Now they're suffering. Yeah. They're suffering because they got to create new content. You're right. They can release Bambi once a year and it would, people would buy it like crazy. They can release, um, you know, all kind of stuff once a year and people would, would, would wait to see it. But yeah, with, with streaming, they're kind of giving you the whole bucket. Streaming is a different monster. I mean, some scarcity with streaming, i give you examples like Netflix saying, hey, Seinfeld is only here for another, you know, few weeks and then it's gone. Or, you know, this movie is only here for a limited time and then it's gone. But eventually, you know, eventually that, that runs out. I'm going to tell you where scarcity plays a, a reverse role when it comes to streaming. Um, people want to be the first to see something. They want to be the first to binge something. You know, you don't want to be talking about Stranger Things season five after everybody didn't watch it. You want to be a part of the first to see it. So they create scarcity in that way. Um, you know, you want to be a, you want to be the first to see the new Jamie Foxx movie on Netflix or whatever. So, you know, it's kind of like a movie theater. Movies use scarcity because movies don't stay at the movie for that long. So, yeah, um, Craig, you're right. So and people want to like I'm the type of person I like to see movies on open at night. That's just me. I like to see Marvel movies on Thursday night. And then you go into work or you go around your friends on Friday and they think it's coming out, it come out that night and you talking about what happened, spoiling it for them. You know what I'm saying? You're telling them stuff like, don't leave after the credits, bro. Don't go to the bathroom. I like being that guy. That's me. Um, but, you know, that makes me buy my tickets in advance and I'm there on a Thursday night watching a movie till 12 in the morning. But that's just, you know, I like to be that guy. But scarcity, you know, scarcity gives you the ability to, it, it makes you want to buy those Thursday tickets. So it can be, you can create, you know, you can create it in multiple forms. Um, the choice is yours.
But the, the goal is to be creative with it. That's the goal is to say, okay, how can I look at my company and what we offer and find a way to 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 create scarcity to drive sales without a discount? Because you may not, you may want to do something that you can charge more money for and not less money. Um, so that, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, it's something to, to make you scratch your head and sit back and say, man, I never thought about that. Let's, let's brainstorm some ways to make the, uh, and w- let's brainstorm some ways that this will affect my company, or I can use this to affect my sales and my growth. Um, and I promise you, if you sit down, you can definitely come up with some things. Also, this is another, um, Wu-Tang did it the best, did this the best. Go, go into more details. Zachary, you talking about with like new albums? Yeah, bro, you don't, I'm not sure if you remember, but they, they did a whole album, but they only sold one copy of it. I remember, it yeah. It was like, they're not doing it on no radio, no nothing. They only did one album. That was it. Had all of them on there, and that was it. And that joint, I think that one album sold for like a million dollars or something yeah. like that. It they had no crazy. promotion. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, they, like you know, but they, 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 had, they knew they had diehard fans who would love the joint, so they sold it. And I'm thinking it was so smart because they probably was like, we we have a hard time with scheduling, getting everybody on board, doing this. Members then fell off, so we're going to create one album. Everybody get paid, go about their way. But it was just dope marketing the way they did that. You know, it was real, it. real decent marketing. I remember reading about it. They, I think it was more than a million. They probably never made a million dollars off one album ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though it, it's sell and go platinum, you got the record label, you got everybody in their mama, they got to get points off that album. They probably made more off that one album than they have, you know what I'm saying, on other albums that, that released to radio and, you know, the record label had to eat off of it, the managers had to eat off of it, and everybody. So, yeah. Another thing I would say, too, is um, this is another reason why I preach beta clients, man. Your beta clients can help you understand the seasons of that niche right your beta clients there's certain times a year like i'm gonna give you an example i talk a lot about um ortho right in summer with kids getting braces yo you know that never dawned on me until i talked to somebody from ortho it just never dawned on me that summer they slammed because kids out of school it just never dawned on me like wait what what you mean? Like they're like, yeah, we get a lot of people between four and six. We're not here all night. We're we're here between four and six, so we may get um, people who have braces, kids who have braces between three and you know six, three thirty and six. But the rest of the day, we're seeing whoever we can get, and it, it's adults here and there. But more kids get braces than anybody. So summertime during the week during the school year, you know, we work three days a week. But on spring break, on winter break, we turn it up to seven days a week, six days a week. And that's something that I was like, wow, I never thought about that. Here here I am thinking, you know, it's spring break. Y'all, y'all should probably close or do less work. And they're looking at the the school district in their area and their market to find out and make sure they're aligned with the spring break or summer break or fall break or whatever so that they can book people during they, they're fully staffed to book, you know, people from nine to, to nine to nine during that week that the kids are off, you know, or like half days. So I, something I never thought about, but yeah, a lot of ortho want to know, Hey, what schools have half days? Okay. We need to make sure we're staffed from 1130 to whatever, because people want to book their event. They want to book their, uh, get their braces done. So, you know, you may pay a little extra to get 
you know, to get slid in on a half day. But because they understand their seasons, they understand, you know, they understand how to use scarcity. So these are just ways that you don't think about. You're like, huh? You know, is this ways you don't think travel, travel media, scarcity for travel media? Absolutely. I mean, there are some times you want to visit Florida and there are times you don't. Cruises are the same way. They're really cheap during hurricane season where wherever you go port, it's going to be it ain't going to be hot. It may be 70 or 60. But, you know, if you go in the summer, it's way more expensive than if you go on a cruise this time of year. It's dirt cheap because they understand what time of year people want to go and the prices are a lot higher. You can look at it on plane tickets. If you're flying at five, six in the morning, them tickets are usually a lot cheaper because don't nobody want to get it to the airport at four, three. Don't nobody want to be on a plane at five in the morning. Now, starting at like seven, eight, nine, them tickets are probably going to be more expensive. So, you know, it just depends. It, you know, companies know how to see, you know, when traffic spike and they charge more for those times as they should. You, I guarantee you there's something within your niche that you could be doing the same that you may be missing out on. Not only will it drive traffic, but it will drive higher paying traffic. So it's just something to consider. Um, you know, as you move forward with your company and you're trying to think of ways to bring people in the door, you, you this is something small that can be implemented. You know, and, and now... I guarantee you after this conversation, you're going to walk around and look at how other companies are using scarcity to, to get you to pull the trigger on things. Um, you know, another way is right now, everybody's seeing that the Osmo 2, Osmo 3 dropped. Well, everybody want to be the first person with it. So well, guess what? Since everybody on YouTube got it, people want to go out and buy it. It's kind of the opposite of scarcity, but it's making people feel like they're missing out. You're still creating FOMO because people want, they're missing out on it. Same thing happened every year with the iPhone. Same thing happened every year with MacBooks and iPads and whatever is the end thing. They they create not they create you know some BS scarcity to make you feel like you're missing out on something. That's why companies have launches, so you can be the first to get it. So these are things that you know we don't think about, but they're designed to drive sales. They're they're designed to create that spike in your sales. Um, and you should be taking advantage of that. You should be implementing that into your strategy instead of just being, you know, everything all the time, switch it up, switch it up and, and get to know, get to know your, uh, your beta client and understand their seasons. I give an example, you know, right now, and I thought about going, um, in Vegas, there's the SEMA show. It's like a, it's a car show. It's like a car, custom car show, custom tech show. Well, guess what? A lot of those companies that sell parts, and I know because, you know, I got a Challenger, I got a Bronco, you know, a lot of those companies know car guys go to those SEMA shows or they want to go to them or they're looking at what's coming out of them. Like my Instagram is blowing up with all these custom builds. Well, guess what? A lot of these car parts are starting to have SEMA sales because people are hyped at what they see. They they announce a lot of things. Like I'll give you an example. Um, a lot of companies announcing bumpers and light bars and all this off-road stuff for the new Bronco. Well, after SEMA, once they announce it at SEMA and everybody see it, now it now it becomes available. Everybody wants it, they sell them like crazy. They're using SEMA to create FOMO and making people buy now. 
People like, man, I seen a, I seen a, you know, a Bronco with this off-road bumper. I want it. Well, that bumper twenty five hundred dollars. But since this, you know, since the SEMA show going on, we're giving ten percent off any purchase during SEMA. Well, damn, I got to go buy it now because it's ten percent off. So they're using that to help drive sales. Um, and that's something that you can do. NAB is the same way. You'll notice when you go to NAB, a lot of camera manufacturers are releasing stuff. They make you want to buy it. You go there, you see it, you hear about it. It's on YouTube everywhere. People want to buy it. Um, and they sell more stuff. I get tons of emails from companies like like Tilta um, that, are, that are doing NAB sales or pre-orders. Um, and then you, you, know, you, know, you end up buying crap that you didn't care about two days ago. So remember here, the goal is to productize your services, right? Once you productize your services, we can then offer sales. We can then offer bundles. We can then, you know, attach a product to a time of year or a season. It makes it a lot easier to sell, you know, when you, when you look at your company that way, instead of just thinking about the services that you offer. But in the meantime, anybody got any W's this week? Any W's or L's? Y'all second to check in. I'm, this mug still ain't loaded, man. This is crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you for the week. Oh, go for it, bro. Um, so um, I have a meeting next week with a soccer academy director, right? One of the biggest soccer academies in Indianapolis, Indiana. So I'm I'm preparing for that. That's next Thursday, but that's a dub for me because you know, I get to really implement the information that you're giving me and get to understand exactly what my niche is going to be by the information that he gives back to me. But yeah, that's the my dub for the, for the week. That's a good dub. Do you have an idea of like what he's, what he's looking for or what you plan on offering? So yeah, for soccer academy, I want to help soccer, youth soccer academy scale, right? So I'm thinking that my niche will be around communicational videos, but I know that it's based around what the needs of the academy is. So a lot of academies are looking to increase live streaming for analytics purposes and for marketing and things of that nature. So I might get into um, live streaming, but I'm I want to I'm I'm looking to you know, have a beta client that's the best in the industry so I can really understand what I want to do with it and build off of that. Yeah. I would say get get two or three. Get one that's the best and get one that want to be the best. That way you'll know what, what the differences are. And you can go to the little guy and say, hey, this is what you need to do to get here. You can go back to the big guy and say, this is what you need to do to stay ahead. So you kind of, <laughs> you're selling bullets and band-aids at that point. So with, with wanting to position my business as a, a specialist and, you know, at the beginning, like I, I seen one of your videos is that you want to value yourself. You want to position yourself as a, already a specialist and an expert in that industry. Should I still be having, should I still be having a lot of clients or beta clients that are not at the expectation or level that I want to have my clients at? Yeah, the most important thing with a beta client is that he's in the niche you want to go into. I don't it doesn't bother me what level you're at because I can learn something from every level. Um, but the most important thing is that you're not getting beta clients from that that are outside of your niche that can't help you understand what that what that ideal client wants, what they look for, what's what's important to them, what success looks like for them. 
So as long as they are within that niche, I'm okay with a little guy. A little guy got more opportunity. I can impress a little guy easier. You know what I'm saying? I can impress. I'm not saying that the checks may not be as great, but I can. Him wanting to grow, he may be more vulnerable to give me information I need um, so that we can try things to help him get there. So I, I'm okay with that. I want I want beta clients at every level. I don't just want the success successful guys. Their margin for you know, it's just harder to impress impress them. You know, it's like it's easier to give a gift to somebody who has nothing. It's difficult to give a gift to somebody who has everything. It's just difficult. Like so, you know, there there is value that can be learned from the guy on top. Um, but there's also an equal amount of value for the guy that's on the bottom. So don't be afraid to uh, to tap into those just as much. Okay, that makes sense. Should I should I attack three beta clients at right now? Because I right now it's my I want to be uh, really intentional and take action as much as possible. So I don't know if I need to you know have one meeting and wait for a little bit or how how do you see that? Um, I like to attack them at once. Because you can compare information on, on everybody at the same time, right? Because if one give you a problem, you can say, hey, are you guys having this problem? Are you? And if you can do that, then it, you you know that you have a, a problem to solve. Whereas you may get with the top tier guy, you know, he's he's solved all his problems because he's moving smooth. And then you you get with a lower tier guy and realize that there are a lot more problems in places you didn't you didn't see. So I, I personally like to compare and contrast um, with two to three different beta clients. Okay. Uh, one other thing. One other thing. To note about uh, about your beta clients. You want to make sure. Well, well. Uh, go ahead and go after them now because you're going to get no's. And you know, and shoot, you may look up and get one the first week, but it might be another two or three months before you get your your second one, your second yes that I actually agree to it. So, go ahead and pursue them as as quickly as possible so you can get those under your belt. Yeah, how I see right now is when we're talking about the scarcity tactic is that, you know, I'm, I already got the meeting with the best academy here. You know, I only have two more positions for a beta client. So I'm going to definitely use that. And and look, use that when you go to get your second beta client, you name drop. Don't be afraid to name drop. Hey, we, we're looking for two more companies to work with. We already locked up such and such. We're looking for two companies on that level. Trust me, you're going to get some people say, oh, well, if they own it, if they down, I want to be down. Yeah. If our if our competitor is doing it, hell yeah, we want to do it. I name drop all the time, bro. I, I learned that living in Atlanta. That's the name drop capital. I name drop all the time. You know, such and such, man. We've been working with you. You'd be surprised at how far it gets you in business. Don't don't feel don't be scared to name drop. Say so, yeah, we're working with this company, especially if you I mean, can get a big company. Really, that's called that's called a tear sheet. <laughs> you know, as far as publication wise, that's a tear sheet. Hey, I've worked with this one. We worked with these companies. That's your resume. All that is going in there. You got to use it. So like, wait. Uh, I'm listening. I was gonna say I was gonna say Chili's literally hired me because I work for I work with TGI Fridays. Chili Chili's like, oh, you did okay, yeah, come on. Like literally like that. So with when I when I when I have that first initial meeting, right, I know that it's very important to understand what their pain points is. Is there any other things that I should be um, not just asking, but presenting as far as the ideas? But I know I need to be in that situation, I need to be the person that's learning most of the, most of the time. But is there any other things? 
I think with a beta client, the most important thing you need to establish is that you're there to help them grow. You, yeah. If it don't help you grow, it is, it is of no use for me. My goal is to help you. I want to leave here by creating something that you can't live without. Help me, help me solve that problem. You know, and, and I mean, that, that way you get to the $20,000 problems and not the $200 problems. You know, what are some, what are some of the problems? You, it may be, you know, like I said before, I've worked with dentists that wanted to be more efficient and they wanted to pull their dental assistance off of helping people fill out forms and to put them in the back working on people's mouth. Like when he looked up, he was, he was spending 25% of his, uh, of his hourly, you know, payroll was helping people fill out paperwork, a video that can help people fill out paperwork, frees up that those people. And it, it literally makes some money. That was a problem I got to by asking questions and understanding areas where he wanted to be more efficient. Again, I walked in the door, like, I'm going to bring you more customers. I'm going to bring you more customers. And he was like, dude, I can't get to the ones I got. You putting more people in the front just means more more of my dental assistants out there helping people fill out paperwork. How does that help me? It don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, I'm just, that's just where I'm thinking with my knowledge of his business, which I, that's what made me start to, you know, really lean into the idea of a beta client. Like, help me help you. Help me understand how I can be of assistance because I promise you 99% of the times when you run in there with your ideas, they mean nothing to them. And that's why a lot of people don't buy from us because we're solving $2 problems to us is big to him. It's a $2 problem. And he's in no rush. To, you know, he's in no rush. You want $2,000 for this $2 problem that he don't even really got. Nah, I'm good. It's the, it's the equivalent of me selling you a, a, a umbrella in the fall, like, yeah, it ain't that hot where I need to block the sun and it's not raining. I could buy this just in case, but I'm not going to go all out and spend a ton of money, you know, for this for this item that I may never use. It's, you know, I want to sell life rafts to people who are in the ocean swimming. I want to I want to I want to know what's a major problem for you. Um, give me something that you think is going to stump me and let me come up with a solution for it. And I'm going to sell you that for $2,000. I'm going to get your ass with it. If I don't get you with it, I'm going to get the next person with it. And I'm just, I'm just being real. So, um, I know Zach, I know you said you had a, you had a W go for it, bro. I'm about to pull a plug. On yeah. Yeah. I had a, um, a good, a good, actually it came through today. It's a layup. Um, all right. So I did a few weeks ago, I did a, a event for, um, for the school district uh and the situation was they didn't pay me well but i played chess and i mentioned it like well one of the things that i did was um i pretty much hired another shooter so i could go in there and do video so they hired me to do photo of a press conference so what i did was i hired another shooter so i could free me up and i did some video so i dropped off some video to them or whatever so that just put me in a better light and the fact that we had our um, our t-shirt, we had our, our collar shirts on, we looked really good. It really helped. So they was like, yo, we won't call you for another job today. So what they did, they called me for, for headshots. Um, and I don't even have nothing for headshots, but they like how I handled everything else. And so it's really, it's like, it's weird because it's like, the thing that you're teaching me, I'm really learning, like I'm internalizing and I'm putting it to practice 
but I'm still lacking, you know what I'm saying, in a lot of different ways. So I still see a lot of room for improvement, but I definitely wanted to put that out there for even for for anyone else that it is working, man, because, you know, and, and I say that because when I was going through my time, when I was wavering, I needed to hear that when people was like, yo, man, the joint really works. So I appreciate it. But um, he given he went and booked us for um, 11 people for 375 a piece. So, um, yeah, so not bad, but not, not Haverty. What is it called? Not Haverty, but you know, I'm trying, <laughs> brother. <laughs> so, you know, so that was a good win. Um, basically I hired another shooter and he's going to go ahead and take care of that where I'll be able to, you know what I'm saying? Be able to make a little bit of money from that one. And, um, basically what you're doing is you allowing me to, um, focus on trying to catch a well than catching these goldfish because before i was just like i'm just trying to catch a fish and so now it's alleviating a little bit of the financial woes especially around the holidays and everything else so you know so i just wanted to say man i appreciate that somebody said something about a video testimony that may not be a bad idea you know what I'm saying i could go ahead and do that for sure you know yeah yeah my because i'm gonna tell you there's two things you said in that that i really really like one is being professional takes you, it, it just takes you further. Your, your professionalism, your your shirts, the way you carry yourself, it just takes you further and it makes people want to work with you. The second thing is once you, people think that just because I have a niche, this is all I'm going to do for the company. Like once you get your foot in the door, they're going to want you to do everything. And, and it's crazy that you said they said headshots and you didn't even have it to present them. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, yo, we work with you. We know what you can do. This is the next task. I tell I tell tell you guys a lot of times, like like the niche is to is to get the the attention of your of your ideal client. Like once you get your foot in the door, they gonna need you to do everything: video, photo, podcasting, voiceovers, everything. But get your foot in the door. Once you get your foot in the door, and you are a, a professional company that they can rely on, and you're not embarrassing them, bro. The sky is the limit. I didn't did all man. I, I didn't did all kind of. I didn't shop personal parties for people for the executives at Raising Canes. You know what I'm saying? Just get my foot in the door. Started with new store openings, then moved to video and traveled with the NSO team. And I did all kind of stuff with that company. But it started doing one thing. And and they just like the way we carry ourselves. They like that we're, you know, because because I'm gonna tell you, your competition is not, they're not doing that. They showing up in all black, they showing up half-assed, looking, looking raggedy not asking the right questions, not representing the, their brand right. And they starving out. They, they showing looking like starving artists. They're looking like college kids that want to make an extra $50 to go buy some beer. So when they look at you and you keeping it, you're, you're very professional. They're going to just throw tasks at you. And and that's that's where you want to be. That's why I go back to saying be their go-to content creation department. Once you get your foot in the door, you become that for them. Um, as long as you are you have a great relationship. You can communicate well with them and you, uh, you know, they know that they can trust and rely on you. They start to trust and rely on you for more things. And, and another thing too, that we, for some reason, maybe I didn't get it right. I, I just didn't think about it. Um, these companies have different departments. You, you may get in with one department and not realize that there's 10 other departments. And once they share you with them, 10 other departments, 
you may not have time to go book with nobody else. Like that one company can keep you so busy in a good way. You get money and you know what I'm saying? Like I've had that happen before where I was just passed around to different departments in the company that was hiring me out to do all kind of crazy stuff. And they gave me $160,000, $180,000 worth of work in a year. Like that's happened to me multiple times. So, you know, going there, Present you, and think about it, right? When you talk about, people talk about, well, should I invest in shirts? Should I invest in a van? Should I invest in clipboards? And should I invest in my brand? Man, I could tell you one time when my professionalism brought me, like I said, $180,000, $190,000 worth of business from a company in one year, just this one company. So that all come from how, you know, my shirt. That all come from my clipboard. That all come from my van which don't seem like much, but I promise you to the right client, it, it's a make or break thing. And that's a great example of why it's so important to carry yourself and and not skip the branding part of building this business. It's a reason why I talk about building the brand because it's taken me places that I wouldn't have gotten with just some cargo pants and a black shirt. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's a good point. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, oh, anytime, anytime. That was me that sent that to you about the testimonial. Um, anybody else got any W's? I think one more, one other person. I think there's more people that had they had some W's. I know we've been going for a minute. This mug literally is still not done. This is wild. All right. <clears throat> so for one, it, my Bluetooth is working the first time go. So <laughs> uh two. Had way more sales last week than I expected. Uh, still making sales off of uh, the same event, you know. And so it, it you know, is basically step and repeat uh, when it's senior night with these uh, with, with these different sports. And they had football, cheer, dance, uh, shoot the the JROTC, you know, and the uh, the football and cheer parents started uh, posting all their pictures. And everybody else is like on Facebook going like, where did you get that? And then boom, I started getting, uh, uh, in fact, I, I made, I made a sale right before uh, I started cooking dinner, right before, right, right before uh, tonight's uh, 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 little, uh, accountability meeting. And so hey, it's, I got an idea for you. Do you have a website that, that parents can go to and just buy pictures? Um. You, you talking about like doing like a was it Shutterstock or something or Sh Shutterfly or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, even if you do like a WordPress or because I'm gonna give you an example. Like a friend of mine, you you, you guys know uh, Ricky Bowden. I talk about him. He do a lot of sports mm -hmm. photography. He got HBCU Sportswire where right. you go out to the different HBCU games, capture images, and then the schools can buy those images from the website or players or people. I would just have an open form or open website let's say you cover this league or whatever where mm -hmm. parents can you know take a card and they can go buy pictures individually from you or buy prints or whatever i think um you know i think it's a it's a a good idea yeah it, uh, I, I used to do that um and then uh i switched over to this different uh it's entirely different method um and where it's we focus on pre-orders and this is like the one time where it makes sense for me to get everybody just because it's everybody walking by mm -hmm. uh and so by doing this pre-ordering system i've made probably 
three or four times as much as what I was expecting to make this year. Uh, and doing the spray and pray method is nice. Uh, especially if you don't know a lot of people, uh, especially if the marketing isn't right. Um, Are you capturing the games or just the teams? Uh, it's uh, both, actually. It, it, uh, but, but with the games, the, the thing is, is like with, with, with the way that Ricky's set up, he's really selling to uh, media outlets. Correct, correct. And now it, somebody else can go buy, buy you know, sure, they can go buy a picture, but he's selling them for a pretty good amount, which a media outlet would have. And and their and their their question is going to be about the license. And the thing that the where where it pivots to how I'm doing it is I'm letting uh the parents pre-order stuff and then I'm not going after the big media outlets because they're not going to care about you know well like right now the team is uh Two and seven. They, they, they got two wins this year. They got one more game left. But these parents, they're eating it up. They're eating it up. They're, 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 and, and they're going to eat up everything all the time. And so, uh, but the media, uh, outside of just like the, 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 lo- the, this hyper local media, um, you know, the, the, the big daily in Houston is not going to care. New York Times is not going to care. Now, with what Ricky's doing, the, the big media will care and where you're going to get into that licensing. Um, I would know, tailor hey, it just for, just for, I would tailor it just for the family, to be honest. I uh, wouldn't even go after media. I would be like, Hey, you want pictures mm-hmm. of the game? Here's a website where you can buy more yeah. or buy print or whatever. Just cause I mean, the website he got, man, it doesn't cost nothing. It's a WordPress site. I'm oh, sure yeah. you can do it on Squarespace, but mm-hmm. you can do it on shoot proof. It, it, you know, it doesn't cost much, and people buy stuff from it with shoe proof. They can buy prints and everything. Oh, and yeah. You don't, uh, you know. And and see, he, he, oh, oh, I, I can tie this one back. It's uh, I charge more because it's scarce. Right, right. I'm doing it this way, you know. And now uh, we we still have stuff going out to like three local newspapers. I I I, I run the only online media website out there. Um, you know, so if, if you want to see something online, it, it's coming from me. If you're going to sure. see something for, or it's coming from my company, I should say, cause you know, we speak French and I do have other people, uh, shooting games, uh, for me. Uh, if you're going to see something in the newspapers, these newspapers that, 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 that they wouldn't know real photojournalism if you hit, if you smack them in the face with it. And so <laughs> they're getting stuff from us, albeit at a reduced cost. But they're, they're they're happy to run it because now now people are going out they're getting their and, and they're getting those additions and it's making them look bigger because now they have even bigger stuff so it makes sense for them. Uh, but I, I'm I'm not going to go and you know be, be able to 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 get what Ricky does for uh, on these smaller publications. Um, but yeah, it's uh, now I, I I used to do that and. Man, I, I, I kid, I kid you not. I, 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 I could afford me being out there. Now, uh, one game I had four people. What was it uh, two weeks ago? I had three people, and then, then uh, I, I basically just been having um, uh, two people out there uh, for, uh, for about the last half half of the season, I think. And so, make makes life a little bit easier. And so, 
Uh, so, so a lot of editing, you know, I, I, I have a, uh, I have a thing where, you know, uh, because, I, because everybody that we're photographing at, at the games is pretty much, you know, 18 or younger. Um, I, I don't want to be outsourcing it like the India or anything. Um, it's crossed my mind, <laughs> but you know, so, so, so my weekends are mainly filled up with, uh, post-production and, and, uh, pushing stuff out, but it's also letting us get those sales. It's a little, it's a little bit better. Oh, Hey, what happened to your dude? Dude. Is that the it's iPhone 16 time? I'm getting no audio at all now. <laughs> all right, is that the iPhone 16? Run this through the. Dude, it it, it 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 sounds different now. It looks different. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it it's it's something that we used to do, and, and but but yeah, it's That's we're weird. we're making way more money by jumping in and doing the pre order system right now. So, but all right. Um, what other ones do I got? That's the big one right now. Um, the other stuff, uh, so you're asking about marketing, uh, getting ready to drop some stuff for marketing. Exactly how, exactly how you're talking. Hey, you know, it's fall, it's winter time. Uh, we finally just made the jump from summer into winter. Uh, I think two days ago down here in Houston. So, uh, thankfully it looks like we're done with the, with the 90 and hundred degree temperatures. <laughs> so there's your sign. Like Ty, Ty, are, are you up and running now, man? Yeah, I, I hear you. My uh, I just got to change where to because I'm going through my speakers. We just rock with this for now. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. You, you sound you sound a little bit farther away than usual, but uh, one, two, one two testing. Oh, that's probably uh, still hear you. It's just it doesn't sound as full. I think that's the word that I'm looking for. So, okay, and maybe it had something to do with the update. Yeah, it's weird. It's 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 weird. I, I think the problem also is I'm getting uh my audio through my speakers instead of through my headset, which is weird. But okay. we're gonna rock. Uh, it. Uh, uh, I'm not hearing. Uh, I'm I'm not hearing the the uh, the the feedback. So ho 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 hopefully you're good. Yeah. But yeah, but but yeah, when it comes to the marketing, get uh, getting ready to drop some stuff. Um, you know, definitely having. You know, uh, clients reach out, and uh, you know, you know, like th th they're really starting to kind of push the the B two C products, um, and then the stuff that I kind of brought up about like a month or so ago. You know, uh, I don't want to get too deep in things that would be hard to get out of if this other stuff uh, takes off. So, you know, uh, got my fingers crossed either way. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Damn. Yeah, perfect. Let's see who else got some W's uh, this week. Anybody else got some W's they want to talk about? Well, uh, uh, my uh, my W is more of a. Uh, it's not even. It's not anything that's monetary, but it was just just me trying to get my um, get my my updated live stream set up, uh, live stream, live recorded set up, um, all worked out. So, uh, man, uh, the, one of the last minutes that we covered uh, yeah, back in August, uh, we set it up the first time, got everything moving on it, only for it to shut down, like, 
maybe three or five minutes into the into the production. So we had to go through and do do the full edit later on after the after the event instead of uh, instead of cutting it during the event and cutting down all that uh, all that time. So went back and did some testing and see what was that? Uh, I think it was Sunday. I went back and just set up everything, tested, boom, and it shut off again, shut off again. Did it three times and finally figured out that that uh, I was using uh, like an older, not an older, it was a like a USB 2.0 cable or whatever, and it needed to be like Thunderbolt. So it was like, oh, okay. So I went back and updated everything, got that all going. So now it'll it'll record up until, you know, your the media fills up. So everything should be good on that. And now this is the this is the type of product that I could take and I can I can actually um utilize on all types of different productions. So live streaming, live recording, it's all available as of now. Dude. Anybody anybody cop the uh the Osmo Pocket three? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm waiting on the creator mode. I'm definitely I'm definitely getting it. Ain't even enough for debate. I'm definitely getting it. Because it's it's absolutely nuts. I mean, I got the first two that's absolutely nuts. You want to get away with some uh you want to get away with some some filming on set? With something that fit in your pocket, that uh, bad time? Yeah. Hey, yes, actually, I just got my um, pocket three. Um, it's still in the box. I haven't opened it yet. You ain't popped it. Uh, I couldn't even. I wouldn't even be able to wait. I just got it today. <laughs> um, I'm very new to the group. Um, very right excited to be a, a member. Um, I um I've been a photographer for almost thirty years. Um, and I think that I want to step a little bit out of the box and, and grow. Uh, more. Um, I've been stable, but marketing has changed. Everything has changed. Um, I'm trying to revamp my webpage. I'm trying, I'm, 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 I'm being glued to your channel and, and this group for the last week. Um, as a new person to this group, where do you suggest that I start um, focusing more time? Because it's like a lot of information, a lot of overwhelming, and, and I, I really want to start you know, um, I, I've been a wedding photographer for 30 years, um, but I think that I'm missing a lot of things and I need to um, start. I, I am working heavily on my webpage. I'm doing a lot of email marketing. Um, um, but well, what do you focus? What do you think that I should focus um, in the next week, in the next couple of weeks? I would say stage one for sure. Make sure you go through stage one. And you've okay. completed those courses. Those are the those are the ones that I would say everybody should start um, getting things. You know, when you st from starting from scratch to up and running company, stage one is probably the most important split is space to start. Okay. So I would definitely say there for sure. Okay. Yeah, because I, I'm gonna tell you. People, and this is something that anybody here can tell you, people like to skip over stage one and because they feel like their company is established, but then you go through stage one and realize there's a lot of things you miss. And, and there's a period where I say people hate me uh, and then they love me again because they hate me because they're like, man, I got to redo all of this. But I explain why you got to redo it and what, what it should be. And then they love me because they do it and then things move differently for them. So and the, the people that tell you, they're gonna, you're going to hate me and then you're going to love me again. It's like boot camp. Okay. But, you know, it, it's I think that um, 
I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's very beneficial. Okay. Okay. This week I'm going to be spending a lot of time on stage one. Yeah. Yep. I would take the time and go through it because there's going to be some things that I'll just say this. You're going to hate me, but then you'll love me by the end of it. You'll be cussing me out as, as people who don't, who haven't completed it and they cussing me out. And I'm like, just keep going. Just keep going. I promise you. Okay. And, and as a little win, um, you know, I've never branched out of weddings in quinceanera. Um, uh, my daughter goes to karate right around here. And he, this is a big school here in the Houston area. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, you know, branching out. Um, uh, you know, I had a couple of conversations with the owner. Um, you know, he's a Tesla driver. We started talking about Tesla and, you know, and, and now um, he's contracting me um to do the all the um you know karate uh, pictures of the, yearly pictures so so um you know i'm i'm looking to like i said i'm looking to branch out more out of the wedding industry so and one thing you're going to learn being out of the wedding industry is when you go to more b2b it's a lot easier it's a lot easier you make a lot more money and it's way more consistent where wedding photographers typically typically do good going from B to C to B to B is because they're hunters. They're used to hunting. Like they're used to being after it, one and dones. In B to B, you don't have a lot of one and dones. Um, in B to B, you have clients that hire you multiple times a year. And it makes life so much easier when you can get you can you can meet 10 people that will fill your calendar for the next few years. I mean it's to the point where you're selective about who you add on. It's a great place to be compared to and i've been wedding photographer before i know it's like meeting you know meeting couples you know trying to have dinner with them or lunch with them or trying to get in front of them and you know you may get in front of five couples and two may book you um whereas in business if you get in front of five people um or and two book you that two can fill up your calendar for the rest of the year where you know with a couple you're only getting booked once maybe an engagement shoot maybe if you can work it, you can probably get, you know, some newborn photos or something like that. But it's just it's just a difficult, more difficult game. Um, and then it's a lot harder to justify pricing in wedding photography. Right. Your only real thing is is um, quality, like quality in your style. It's just difficult to say if somebody brings somebody if somebody sits a photographer or pictures that are as good as yours in front of you and their price is half yours. It's just it's almost impossible to come back from that. Where in B2B, you're selling your ability to solve a problem. So, so what the end result is in 4K, you know, do it speak to your target audience? Do it help you achieve what you're trying to achieve? Well, that's what we specialize in. That's what makes us great. It's not just our quality. So I think a lot of people, um, B2C can't overcome that because there is no, you're not, with B2C, you're, you're a, a want. With B2B, you become a need. And people spend more money for things they need. Now, don't get me wrong. People buy what they want and beg for what they need a lot. But people typically spend more money for what they need. Companies do. So the, the logic is, is always on your side. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that it will be a great transition. Marcus, go ahead. You up, bro. Yeah, what's up, bro? I wanted to um I wanted to ask and get your opinion on how do you have any ideas or I guess any directing tips on filming testimonial videos? Cause I know there's like different styles. Um, like I've seen some that are kind of on the cuff and it's real, 
impromptu and then I've seen some I could tell they're strategically like you know what I mean directed you know what I mean? how the questions are aligned so like do you got any tips on like testimonial videos oh yeah most definitely so me my style of testimonial video is I want I, so there's three stages right I like to I like to talk about when I talk about testimonial videos and I'm interviewing people right I like to know how to if you go if you go and I'll give you a little heads up if you go through module three right um, module three talks about the buying process of the cl- of the client, right? Step one is understanding that you may have a problem and then they research it. All right. So, and, and the reason that's important when it comes to testimonials is because I like to get my clients to, to describe their feeling in each of those stages. So I may, I'm not going to present it and be like, how was you in the research stage of the customer buying process? They're not going to think like that, but I'm thinking like that because because I can create testimonials to reach people in different stages, right? So if if I'm doing testimonials for a roofing company, um, in the early stage, people may say, well, people may try to determine whether or not they have a roofing issue, right? They may look up things like, is my roof causing me to pay more on my light bill? Um, you know, if, if I have a... a a piece of wood in my attic that has water damage, what could this mean? Right. So knowing the the five stages of the buying process, my testimonials, I'm going to try to get them to talk about each stage of it. So I can have testimonials that reach people in those five stages. Right. If somebody's in the beginning stage and they're trying to determine whether or not their roof may be causing them to have a higher power bill, I'm going to get them to talk about, where they were when they first determined that they may need to look into their roof. And I may ask them to go back and go, you know what I'm saying? So me knowing what those buying stages are, I I create five testimonials out of one sit down. Gotcha. And then, and then as a market, not a marketing company or whoever's doing the marketing can decide where these testimonials go. So let me give you an example. Let's say for instance, right. If I'm doing it for flash home Academy, cause we all can relate to it. Cause we hear, Right. Um, the first testimonial, the first thing I may speak to is being a photographer, loving this, but not making the money you want to make to leave your job. Or or at least we even gotta say that. Being a photographer who love this and they and they will they wish they can do it full time. Right. You had to have that thought before you got here, long before you decided to next look into ways to make money consistently so that you can do this for a living, right? Then the next step may be um, learning what it takes to build a company so that you can do this full time. I mean, there's steps before you jump off the cliff and you start doing it. So I may have a testimonial for, I'm going to have a testimonial for each stage of that because it speaks to people, different people in the buying process. So what you could say, I took, I took Ty's, master course and i made a million dollars last year okay well that don't speak to a guy that's saying hey i, I wonder I, I don't i ain't really crazy about my day job if i can make some money on the side where i can go part-time like that that would mean a lot to me mm-hmm. the guy who made a million dollars he may be like that's far-fetched i don't even think i can so if i can catch him in that stage and teach him that it's possible to get here then perfect that's completely different than than somebody who took no knock on nobody else, but took full time filmmaker or whatever 
and 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 determine that man this this baloney not saying that the course is baloney but saying like it didn't help me get to where i wanted to go i don't believe right. these, you know these gurus are selling bs i ain't messing with another one well he's in a different place him seeing a guy that that you know like for instance is carlos here today carlos jumped on and last year or or even even luke jumped on last year or this year and said hey i closed a forty thousand dollar deal using my cell phone okay so that that testimonial don't appeal to everybody mm-hmm. it, it appealed to a person that's that that's in a certain place so i like to get my i like to make sure my testimonials cover all five parts of the buying process and and i like to make sure they tell me how they felt not just what they did or what they were going through how did you feel when you found out that this may be a problem how did you feel when you you called a roofing company and they said it's 150,000 to replace your roof how did you feel when you found a company that was affordable that came out and gave you blah 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 how did it feel to get the roof completed you know under budget and on time now how does it feel to have lower energy costs that's i want all i want every aspect of that yeah so and the crazy part is i'm i was actually asking in reference to like not our business to business clients but like the customer client those type of testimonies but the same logic can be applied to those too so like Absolutely. that actually helped me in both areas well b2c is different because people buy for emotional reasons right so if i'm doing a b2c client through the buying stage i really want to get emotional because people people they don't business clients buy on logic we got this problem y'all can solve it it cost us this and i don't mind paying that because we're losing this cool mm-hmm. b2c is more how am i feeling Right. So a B2C testimonial will be along the lines of, you know, I had them come film our wedding. They got great shots of my grandma. Unfortunately, my grandma passed a year later, and these were the best images I had of my grandma. Yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. pokes at the emotion of, dang, I should bring somebody professional in because you never know what could happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm going more more because people buy for those personal reasons they don't it ain't about just logic with it, it can be logical like like i can tell somebody give me ten thousand and i'll hand you a briefcase with a hundred thousand that's as logical as it can get and somebody will still have a problem bringing me ten thousand well what if i can have you i can show you a list of companies i've done this for well what if and i don't know if it's your last ten thousand i get it for companies it's not they like you did it for them them and them oh yeah here let's go so, mm-hmm. so it's just, it's just different when you, you know, on both sides, if that makes gotcha, sense. Gotcha. Yeah, no, absolutely. Take that. But, but, but tug at the, tell a story, tug at the strings, understand the five, the five stages of the buying process and make sure your testimonials, testimonials always speak to those five stages. Cause whoever watching is somewhere in those stages. In fact, usually they're, they're in the first three. Because they're doing the research. They understand they got a problem. They're doing the research and they're looking to see. That's why, look, you, you ever see, you ever you ever look up something like, uh, I'll give you an example. If you ever look up um, what's, what should be on your photography contract, right? I want to use this because it's fresh on my head. A lot of companies will have articles about it. But at the end of the day, their goal is to either make them the authority and photography knowledge 
like sign up for our subscription to learn more about being a photographer or sign up with us the knot and we'll help you get more wedding client you know here's an article on what wedding uh, photography trends are in in 2023 you'll notice that that stuff is written by those who want to be the authority because if you are looking for that you're already in the buying process Mm -hmm. and if i tell you that every time you sweat and you and you hot you need a gatorade every time you sweat and you get hot you're gonna remember what you've seen that a gatorade helped quench your thirst kids think gatorade better than water now because because gatorade is marketed more than water Mm-hmm. But that's just every time they see somebody great who hot that's taking a shot and they sweating, they drinking a Gatorade. So kids think, hey, if I go, I'm not I'm not in that position yet. But if I get in that position, I know what to get. They're just becoming the authority in that subject. So when you do think about it, you think of them. There's companies right now in your head that have jingles and that that are in your mind that that have created themselves as the authority of something that you may not be in the buying process of or buying stages but when you do go there you think of them i mean everybody know the jg wentworth song i don't even got a big settlement but i know who to call if i want to get one fat jake you know what i'm saying i know if i want it my way i go to burger king i know you know what i'm saying like there are things you know in your head right now that are jingles and those companies, they run constant ads just to be the authority in that area in your mind, because you may not have a leak right now, but when you do get a leak, you're going to call rotor rooter or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Whatever jingle that's in your head. That's why they, that's, that's a big component of marketing is catching you in different stages of the buying process. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just that's just great companies that got make hundreds of millions. That's not just marketing to get new clients today. They can plant that seed. Every kiss begins with, with K is a great example. They can plant that seed. You may not be getting married today, but one day you're going to get married. And as long as you know, every kiss begins with K. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you know it's just a different level of marketing it's just you know but you can do the same using testimonials you know you don't have to have a big budget um you but you can do the same with testimonials and this is why blogs are important to your website this is why uh creating email lists are important to your website so that you can send out information to catch people in different different buying stages not just I need it tomorrow. I'm ready to buy. Sometimes you got to plant seeds and you got to grow that. You got to, you know what I'm saying? You got to grow with that, cl- that customer. Everybody mm-hmm. who got an A7S3 or whatever, you didn't wake up one morning thinking that like you woke up on something smaller and now they moved you up to a $4,000, $3,000 camera body. They had to start somewhere. That's why Canon keeps and Sony keeps making cheap cameras. And you know what I'm saying? rebels and stuff because you got to start somewhere and then they just they just farm you on up and now you you ain't thinking twice about spending $3,500 on a camera body and $2,800 on the lens it's nothing to you to spend you know what I'm saying so the average person who not there they they can't fathom spending $3,000 on some glass and you like this is one of 50 like you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. you got to farm you up some type of way and that's how they do it gotcha gotcha appreciate that man no problem no problem a lot of a lot of you guys that have this is another reason why i'm, I'm gonna keep 
drop kicking y'all with the idea of niche. When you got a niche, you can put out blog articles to drive people back to your niche, right? If you put out a, if you put out a blog article on the five things um, dentists need to know before they create a training video, guess, guess what? That article, everybody that land on that article is a potential client. So when they land on that article and they read or they put in an email address to get more, that's you finding your audience. You know, people say, where the customers at? They looking for you. They looking for you. But you got to create. We only think about the last buying stage. We don't think about what's in the, you know, what's we don't think about what's, you know what I'm saying, in the other stages. So these are things you got to think about as you grow this business because that news article that you wrote about you know five things dentists need to know before creating a training video will bring you clients forever it'll you you'll you'll put out that blog it'll rank on google and whenever people are searching for things like that they will land on that article which which presents you as the authority so even if they're not ready to buy now when they are ready to buy they got you you on so those are just ways that we have to continue. Like those are ways you can market without a budget. You can go to chat GPT and get that written up. They, you know what I'm saying? Those are things that you can, whatever niche you're in, if it's, I know the gentleman was talking about going after, uh, after uh, the soccer league. Well, here's five things that soccer leagues can do to increase um, not engagement, but to increase registration. Boom. Media for this. Doing You create the article. Everybody who's in that position, that article is going to appeal to them. Maybe you put number five behind the email list. Sign up, you know, sign up here to get to get the five things, whatever. However you want to do it to create that email list. And you know that email list is full of people in that position or it wouldn't even apply to them. That's why you see people give, do a lot of free giveaways. You know, we're going to give you five tips on how to make, you know, money with your, your, your camera, right? Let's just say hypothetically, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be thinking about that unless you were somebody who were there, who, who, who's looking to do that. You're not going to, you're not going to, a person who don't have interest in that won't give up their email address. They won't sign up for that. So I know only my ideal client, because this is very specific. This is very niche. Only my ideal client is in my inbox right now. I got an email list of only hot leads or warm leads. A lot of times marketing look like that. Marketing look like a free giveaway. All these sweepstakes, all these junks that people, we're giving away a free car. Yeah, they're giving away a free car because they're getting a million emails. And after a million emails they're getting for this car, this Mustang that they're giving away, um, and it's some company that sell Mustang parts, off that million email list, they're going to make the price of that car times 10. So yeah, th that's how they do it. Unless it's, a, unless it's a raffle, which they're making money. But, but when they're giving some away for free, usually it attracts the type of client that, you know, Publishing Clearinghouse was a great example. Right. Publishing Clearinghouse collected your information so that they can sell you magazines. Magazine companies would pay top dollar to get access to that list because those people bought more magazines than anybody. Yeah, you can win a million dollars, but what they don't tell you is just pay it out over 20 years. 
So all they got to do is pay you $50,000 a year or something for, for 20 years. Okay, that's an easy trade-off. They're selling $50,000 in magazines a week. So yeah, we can have five winners a, a year and still do it. People still filling out the thing. So uh, anytime you see something for free or a sweepstakes, that is what they're doing. They're trying to at attract their target audience so that they can they know that you're a warm lead and you're more likely to buy what they're selling. You're not going to sign up for a sweepstakes to win a free John Deere tractor if that ain't your life, if you ain't about that life. You will if you're a farmer and you can actually use it. So keep this in mind when you see you run across these things in the real world because that's what they're for. If you ever wonder how they're giving away stuff, why they're giving away stuff, that's what they're for. Um, any other W's? Because Victor, Victor hosting the after hours, the late, late show tonight. That way y'all can chop it up. I know y'all like to chop it up. Sometimes I jump on and watch and just see what's up. Sometimes I don't. Tonight, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I got to see what my, uh, I got to see what's up with the, you know, what's the score? What's the score of the game real quick? Zero zero on the top of the third. It's all good. So it's still it's still a good place to be. Um, any L's? Anybody took any L's this week? It's okay. We took some L's. This is your safe place. Hey, hey Ty, the, uh, the, the this team called the Astros took an L. They took an L this season, but it wasn't. Yeah. You know, the problem was it wasn't enough trash cans for them to hit on so that they can <laughs> take a W. So they end up going in the trash. It's okay though. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good <laughs> um this week next monday if you get a chance check out the video that was dropped um last monday it talks about scarcity um if you also get a chance check out part two of that because it go into detail i give examples i talk about ways that you can start to implement and use it i think that's i think it's something that um, and it's, don't get me wrong. It's a stage three type of deal, but if you're in stage one, it's great that you learn about it and you know, it's coming because you can probably still use it. Uh, I iPhone, I don't see a name for you, bro. So I'm just gonna call you iPhone, uh, iPhone 12 pro max. Don't even tell me what type of iPhone, but go for it. That's probably me, man. Ransom. I don't know why. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's you. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> just coming back from a client, but I got a quick question. Go for it. Um, the beta clients, are there any um, contracts for that? I was trying to find it in the. Uh... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you asked that. That's a great question. So there is not a contract to be a beta client. However, you're going to give them the same contract you would if they were purchasing anything else. So, so you don't want to put, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why I didn't want to have a beta client contract, because the goal of working with the beta client is to literally go through every system and process or create a system and process. And I, I want you to present them with an actual contract. They do a video production. Let them see the video production contract that you're going to present to, to clients moving forward so that you'll understand if they have objections or not. And I'm going to tell you. You're, you depending on what niche you're in, you may run into it. Like I give you an example. My contract is edited to say that I can shoot footage and have it on YouTube and things like that. My, you know what my license terms are, which the license terms are the standard ones. That's what the regular 
video production contract, but you may be in the industry where certain things don't fly and you may have to remove, edit or add something. It's better to learn with your beta clients than to learn in a situation where you may not want to do something and it costs you to gig. It costs you money. So give them the, the actual, you know, if you're doing headshots, if you're doing whatever, give them the actual contract. If that makes sense. Uh, my, it's okay. Yeah. And then my second question, yeah. um, where do we go? To, Cause I heard you guys talking about it in the past couple of weeks. Where do we go to find um, the subscription-based stuff? Like, if I want to put somebody on a subscription, where do I go for that? Um, you talking about the contract or to the videos about it? Uh, you know, if you're if you're creating content for a client and you want to put them on subscription, I guess for videos, I don't know. Because the contract will be under contract. Subscription is under, I think it's stage two and some of stage three. Okay. Is there but, is there like a, a um, printout or it's just you have to follow it on the on the video video the, video um, because I'm gonna tell you why before you go subscription you got to get the products you got to get your your services productized right because you don't want to offer them as just services like you want to make sure that and also like how what's the benefit of them signing a subscription well the benefit is you know, the silver package, which contains blah, 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 is normally 10,000, but our subscription rate is 8,000 when you sign up for 12 months. Like you gotta have something to incentivize them to wanna do subscription. They have to save something. They're not just gonna say, well, I, I wanna pay you the same every month. Well, what's the benefit of it? Just like if you call your cell phone company up and you do auto pay, well, they're gonna take $10 off your stuff. So you got to make sure that you have, and that's the reason why it's put a little later in the training process, because you don't want to, you don't want to have hourly rates and you're trying to sell a subscription. They don't, they, what's, they're not going to really, they're not going to bite into the idea of buying a group of hours from you. However, um, they will, if you have, if there's a, if there's a, I don't want to say a tangible package, but if there's a package of things they're supposed to get for a price and the subscription gives them a discount to that price or it adds some type of consistency other than payment. Yes. Yeah. Subscriptions work. You you don't want to run in and say, here go my day rate. Here go my hourly rate. Now sign a subscription. It's just like, for what? I just call you when I need you. So present them with, with which one first? Packages. Your subscription is always your upsell. Like I give an example, there's certain things I add on my subscription, like, like our ability to, to hold the media long distances. I mean, long distances, long, long periods of time. We usually keep content for 60 days after that. It's a wrap. I'm, I'm not keeping it. I mean, I do, but I don't make it available to the client. I only keep it for, like if I felt like honestly, some cases I don't, but if I if it's a licensing thing, if I'm if I'm creating something for a national for a company with national they're gonna use it for national or regional and, and I want to keep it to prove my licensing outside of the contract, I may keep it for that purpose. But if I'm shooting for some rinky dink training videos for whoever, they, they're not going they're not going public with that. Like there's no more money to be made off that. 
Now, if we do a subscription and, you know, we need to update this training every year, well, that's an incentive for me to keep the files that I may present to the client. Or let's say with a subscription, they have the ability to make changes to all of the content that we create during that subscription. So if we get, you know, there's been times we get to month eight and guess what? Something's changed from legal on the first video we did. We can go back and swoop, swoop, make them changes. Cool. But I'm not going to keep, you know, uh, six terabytes of content for a client. And I don't know when they're going to call me back. No, nah, it ain't happening like that, especially with video. It's they'll expect you to. I had people call me back a year later, two years later, like, yeah, we shot a video. No, nah, bro, we got to reshoot that. I'm not holding six terabytes of your footage. No. Now I, I will give, and I'm going to tell you another thing on the flip side of that. I give clients the ability to purchase that B-roll, purchase that, that raw footage. Not, don't mean, that don't mean you got a license. That's different. You buying raw files don't give you the license to go do what you want from it. You can buy them together. You buying raw files means if you need to get them re-edited for the same purposes, you can go somewhere else and do it. It don't mean you own it and you can go show it on a Super Bowl commercial. Nah, not happening. So make sure you know the difference. Because somebody thinks just because I own the files, I can do what I want. I will sell you both or I will sell you one or the other. You can buy a finished video and get a license to go national with it. That don't mean you own the footage. I got the footage. Yeah, and I don't mean you getting, you know, what you say? Is that broken down in the modules? Yes. Yeah, and that uh, that footage may be 4K, but it may, but it's probably not the it's not the raw files. <laughs> right. I'm I'm usually only giving you 1080p. I got the 4K files, even if you captured it in MP4. And let me let me make sure I'm, I clarify that. Because people think, well, I didn't shoot it in RAW. Do I got the RAW files? You have the highest quality available and the actual file with the date and metadata showing the date and time it was created. Yeah, you got the RAW files. I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to render out a lower quality version for you. And all of them said it was made on November 1st. And we shot this on October 20th. I own the RAW files. It doesn't necessarily have to be in RAW format. Let me make sure I clarify that because I think we say raw, we get it mixed up with the idea of I shot it in raw and, you know, I, no, you can shoot them in MP4. It can be in whatever. I have the files with the original metadata from my camera. You have the files that were rendered from whatever rendering software I choose to make all these files 1080p. Here you go. We go to court. They're going to look at metadata. Game over. It ain't nothing to talk about. So that's protecting yourself. If that makes sense, go for it, Ransom. Oh, let me put my hand down. My bad. Yeah, oh, that, my bad. That my question. So, yeah, so that's, those are, you know, just those are little things that you can put in your back pocket that will help you. Um, you know, when you, I mean, listen, I've had times where I've dealt with clients that were a pain and we had to, yeah. Do it happen often? No, I can't. B2B is so much better than B2C. B2C, you run into some stuff like that. B2C, people are freaking emotional about this. B2B, they're not. Like you just, you're not gonna have a lot of hiccups when you're dealing with companies. Not not entrepreneurs, not people trying to start a business, but full-fledged companies. When you work with companies and they got departments, and you may have to wait a little bit to get your check, and maybe a T30 or something, 
but it's just it's the sales is easier the turnaround what you got to do is easier the money is bigger it's just so much better when you deal with big companies not even let me reframe that companies that are established not even big companies i've worked for you know 20 member companies that had departments and they you know i'm saying they, they were established and I've worked with a guy who's trying to start a company and he needs this video. I, I avoid those guys. They're just, I just do. Because they every dollar they spend isn't a company dollar, it's their dollar. That's a problem. And they look at they value things and look at things differently. And they're, you know, uh startups are 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 struggling at times. Um, they're not every dollar they spend feel like the owner's dollar. They don't feel like the company's money. And I, I just, if I know somebody and I'm cool and they willing to invest, cool, but I don't, I don't live in that space. I will do a layup in that space, but I don't live in that space. And I would highly uh, encourage you not to as well because there's too much money out here. And like I said, like I said earlier, bro, I got 10, I got eight to 10 clients that I work with and been working with for the past three years that I make 300 plus a year working with. So if I take care of them, they take care of me. I don't, I'm not, my phone ring all the time. I'll tell people all the time. I don't even answer it half the time. Cause I don't have, I don't want to take on more for what? I don't have time. Things are comfortable. So you may say, Hey, I want to go nonstop until my head fall off. And that's cool. I respect that. I'm, I'm going to get 10, high-end clients and i'm gonna make sure they're good um tara said is your license agreement really specific for example if a company asks for a video for their website but they want to use it for social media content as well do they purchase an add-on license okay so the licensing contract stipulates what it covers but it's up it stipulates the content but it's up to you as to where that placement is Right. And I do this because you can get a license that a lot of people will have licenses license based off audience sizes and not just Facebook, not just Instagram. Right. A lot of people say, hey, if you're going to show it to a market under a million people, this is the price. When you go over a million to 10 million, this is the price. When you go to 10 million to 20, this is the price. So I, I don't want to some people like to do it like that. I like to make it very simple um, and say TV, radio, you know what I'm saying? But let's say I want to buy a TV license from you. A regional price is a different than a county price, which is different than a national price. You, you know what I'm saying? That's that's at your discretion. So that's where you got to kind of be careful. And I didn't want to pigeonhole you into saying Instagram. Well, Instagram for Beyonce is completely different than Instagram to my people. Her stuff going to reach 2 billion people. I, that's not the same price. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's where things get a little tricky. Um, but I like to make sure I stipulate what's covered under this license agreement and the amount of time. Some people don't put a time limit on it. Some people say you got it forever. Some people say you got it for a year. Another great example is when I was doing real estate photography for apartment complexes, you got a year. After this year, we need to renew the license or take different pictures. That, that means I got a client that's either going to pay me every year or hire me every year. They may say, hey, what will it cost us to do five years? I may give you five for the cost of four. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? I may, whatever. I, I may say, 
if you hire me to do five of your properties, I'll throw in two year leases, lease agreement with it. I, that, that, that lets me play around and productize a service that I can either include in a bundle to add value or I can charge extra for it. But, but I want that flexibility. I had, a, I had a, uh, that's great. That's a, that's great to use with Airbnbs too. If y'all got people that need images for Airbnb or videos for Airbnbs or hotels, I had, a, um, I had, a, um, a apartment complex. I did images for back when I was stationed in Fort Bragg in North Carolina that paid me, I want to say for like eight years to use the pictures over and over again. And I was charging them like 2,500 a year. So every, and it was perfect because it was like November. So it was Christmas money. So every November it was like 2,500, 2,500. It'll go up to like 2,850, you know, it will go up by like $50 a year or something, but it was great because it just, until they needed pictures and I, I couldn't get to them because they told me last minute, I'm in Texas now. It was, you know, I couldn't get back to them to redo it, but it was, it was good money every year that I slept. I woke up to. So just something to think about. That's why licensing is important, especially depending on your niche um, and who you're working with. Because hey, Ty, talking about licensing, uh, yeah. I put a little link in the chat there about a, uh, some Twitter idiots uh, a couple of years ago spent like $3 million to get a copy of one of the original Dune books or something. Uh, they thought that they owned the copyright for that $3 million. Um, and all, But all they did was they just bought the book itself. Wow. Um, so Ooh, I'll give you a great example of if you want to learn, yeah. go watch the movie Tetris. Go oh, watch Tetris, Tetris is Tetris great on Apple Plus. Oh, my God. That's a great movie to understand licensing. Yeah, you you got to run from the Russians, man. Right. Go watch the Tetris <laughs> movie. It's good. It talks about how the game Tetris made it to Game Boy. And, yep. you know, it was on a computer. Go watch that movie. That movie really helped. It's, it's, it's a good movie, first off. But it really helps you understand the importance of licensing. Because they, they yeah, it's crazy. Um, great movie. It's, it, that's your homework for the week. That's your homework for the week is to watch Tetris on Apple Plus. It's super dope. And they talk about, you know, because they had that one game. They licensed it to handhelds, PCs, mm -hmm. um, home consoles, arcades. Like those are different licensing. And they were fighting to get it, you know, and a new license that came up, which was the handheld license. Nobody thought about it. And somebody had it for one license. They had it for one console, but that don't mean you got it for another. Even So just go go watch it. It's really, 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 really good. True story, too. I almost died trying to get Tetris to Game Boys because he knew how big it was going to be. And some little, some guy who was just an office guy just created that, created the game, not thinking nothing of it. And it got so big that the, that the Russian government, because they were taking half of everything, was involved because they were like, yo, this is about to bring our government millions of dollars. So it's, it's a really, really, really good movie. And it really helps to understand the importance of licensing. Um. Yeah, check that out. So I got another question. Go for it. I like this questions. Might be, <laughs> this might be a little complex. Well, not complex. Let's say um, you're, you're going down the dentist route, right? <laughs> you talked about that being kind of a gold mine. What would you say would be the perfect? Let's say you get one client. Um, what would you say would be the perfect? products i understand you know it's dependent upon what their needs are but just from what you've seen over the years 
what would be the perfect type of product you would set them up with? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why I don't want to give you the answer to that question compared to why I do. Um, uh, the reason I don't want to give you the answer to that question is because I'm not a dentist. And even what I've learned working with dentists and ortho and hygienists, when I say it completely changed from one county to another, it was completely different just on what their problems were. Right. It, it, it just shifted. Like before going into this, I didn't know the difference between a, a ortho and a dentist or even what a hygienist was. I thought, I thought the people that clean your teeth was they work for the dental office. Like, what's the big deal? I didn't know there was a hygienist that came into the dental office to clean your teeth. That's a hygienist to do a lot of deep cleanings. That's not the dentist. That's not just a regular nurse or dental assistant. That's a completely different person that has a completely different job, right? They may come see you before you get, um, braces put on so they may be in the ortho office so so one when i learned the difference between the three um and then started talking to the three and noticed that things change from from county to county they some had i mean they had some of their problems were similar some of their underlining problems were similar of course if it was anything in the, in the area of marketing but some of their daily problems were different based off their area. Again, like I said, if they're in an area where most ortho want to be around schools, they, they plan their location based off the school district. If it's a higher end school district, because ortho don't do a lot of insurance, ortho do more cash than anything, cash and credit. Dentists deal with insurances. So you don't see a lot of ortho in the hood because people ain't spending cash money to get dentures or get, I'm not dentures, but braces. You see ortho in the better sides of town with the better school districts because their parents are paying out of pocket for ortho, for braces. Your insurance, most insurance don't cover it or at least don't cover enough to make you say, all right, let's do it. Let's get $10,000 worth of braces because y'all covering two grand. So just knowing that, okay, ortho got a different marketing budget than dentists. Dentists can be in network and just get all the people that the, the dental insurance send. Ortho don't work like that. They have a different mindset when it comes to marketing. So they may need more marketing than the average dentist. And their marketing may not be what you think. It may not be um, Facebook, uh, you know, Instagram. It may be building relationships with dentists that's their marketing building relationships with dentists so that dentists can refer traffic to that ortho that's it so they may create content to help dentists understand about the kickbacks or things they are like i'll give you an example i work with an ortho or ortho who offered the dentist um Whenever somebody was referred, not only did they give them 10%, but they took care of their employees for free. Their employees could get braces for free or their kids, right? Which is like, whoa, that's, I never thought of that. But an ortho would say, okay, dentist, if you send me a certain amount of patients, this is what you qualify for. You send me 10 patients a week, a month, which you may not think is a lot, but braces is eight to 10,000, five to 10,000. You send me 10 people, that's 50 grand a week. I will put, I will let your, your, uh, dental assistants, families get free braces. 
So now the dentist can recruit better because not only do he offer health care and dental, but he offer free braces. So now he get the best dental assistance. And that's a recruiting feature. Like that's something I that's something that you just won't know or think about or be exposed to unless you work in that industry. Cause it's mind boggling to be like, wait, what? So, but but it's a benefit. And I'm talking to the ortho, like help me, you know, help me understand why this makes like you're giving away, you know, they may have eight dental assistants and each person is averaging two kids. Like you're giving away 16 pair, possibly 16 pair of braces per per dental uh, office you help. But when they're making, you know, the cost to them is nothing. It's it's pennies on a dollar, but they're making, you know, those dentals, those dental uh, dentists are sending so many clients. They're sending 20, 30, 40 clients a month at five thousand a pop. They're more than breaking even. They're doing good. So these are things to just when you do the math, you know, and he started to break it down so that I can understand it. I was like, oh, snap. Hell yeah. I get it. So who would be the out of the dentist, the orthodontist and the dental hygienist, who would be. Because there's three different industries in a sense, yep. who would be the best beta client, though, to, to help you or do you need a beta client for each one of those industries? Treat each one as if it's a different niche. Because I guarantee you, if you call a hygienist a dentist, they'll want to fight you. If you call an ortho a dentist, they'll want to fight you. If you call a dentist a doctor, they'll want to like they are they are very proud of their title. I forgot what it used to be. It's like DA or H, whatever their title. They're very proud of their title. If you go in there talk, if you go to an ortho and you talking dentist stuff, oh well, cavity this, cavity that, bro, you're not gonna make it. They're going to walk you out the door. Like, what are you talking about? We don't deal with cavities here. This ain't. What do you mean? Like, it's it's such a divide. It's not even funny. And if you don't position yourself to speak to them, you're going to have a hard time because they don't. A company that walk in the door that group that stuff together, you are not qualified to handle anything for me because you don't know the difference. Right. If you look at the beta client connect that I did, they talk about optometrists. Right. I didn't know there was a person that look at your eyes and write the prescription. There's a whole different company to create the glasses for you. And it's a, it's, it's literally a whole different like doctor to see you, to find out what frames and lenses to go with that. Like those are two different people. If you mix them up, they, they're going to be like, Oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like somebody coming to you talking about a camera with a fixed lens and, a, and like a DSLR or a mirrorless. And they think it's the same. I got this camera with this big ass lens on it. I'm a pro. And you're like, bro, sit your ass down. You don't know what you're talking about. It's the same thing. So so those are really three different niches. They they deserve three different landing pages. I don't bunch them together, bro. You're going to be fighting every day. Every day. It's like calling your girlfriend the wrong name. That's the fight you're asking for every time you go in there and you mix it up. Hygienists are kind of in the middle. Right. They deal with cleanings and stuff. They may be able to talk about cavities, but they're not really repairing cavities. They're not really doing root canals. So you you just you. Yeah, it's a big difference. It's a big difference. And they are very. The, the politically incorrect term to say is they're very anal about it. They will light you up. So three. So three separate beta clients then for each one. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because okay. your problems are going to be different. Just, you know, like the dentist ain't worried about getting more more customers because the insurance companies is sending them through the door. Ortho may be, but there's a you know a lot of people think braces are covered under insurance. They get there, get in this chair, waste his time, learn that it's not. So he he may be he may need a more higher end content because he need to he he appeal to people who got cash for braces. He don't he don't need poor quality content because a lot of people can't afford what he offered. If braces was covered in insurance, everybody would have, them. but they're not. That's why there's companies coming out with these Invisaligns and cheaper alternatives to straighten your teeth because it's, it's a cash thing. Nobody's insurance covering it. You got really good insurance. You're an executive somewhere. If your kids braces are covered under your insurance, the average person don't have that. They don't have that benefit. So, so he has to go after it. And his, his audience that he's working with are usually higher educated. They're higher income. Everything about the ortho is catered towards, I don't want to say a higher quality viewer, but, but their audience is a, high, is a more high-end audience. His content don't need, dentist content may need to be at eighth grade level. Like, like you may turn to your radio station and there's some local dentist like, yo, you need your teeth clean, get in here and get in this chair. You need, that's, that's cool. That ain't going to work for ortho. Ortho is going to be on a, dentist will be on a rap station. Ortho is going to be between Beethoven. It's going to be on symphony and it's going to be on the orchestra. The station is playing a lot of, you know, high end symphony music, maybe jazz, maybe. So it's just, it's just, it's a different audience. And if you don't understand the difference, you will turn clients away before you even get a chance to really pitch to them because they know instantly you're not talking my language. See you later, bro. See you later. You know what I'm saying? They people ortho is people who use high end uh, toothbrushes, high end pick tooth powered mouth vibrating toothbrushes not people who using their arm to clean their teeth nah if your if your uh if your toothbrush is not rechargeable you shouldn't even be here if you got to use your arm or if it take batteries you ain't ready so uh, any these are i had to learn this stuff i was getting if slapped you around sonic care you're ready right if you got a if sonic got care a sonic or diamond clean you're ready yep. Yep. If you ain't spending three hundred dollars for a toothbrush, we ain't talking. So, you know, it's it's there's a big difference. It's a big gap. I would go after one of them and then maybe get good with those clients, and then maybe my because they gonna have a network, right? Do get because they're gonna go to ortho is gonna go to ortho specific conferences and events and networks, and then he's gonna have a dental specific conference and networks so kill it be great in one area and then help use your beta clients network to go into the next area it'll make it a lot easier you know instead of going after you know three different trying to do you know what i'm saying build your brand to focus on i'm just say hypothetically ortho get good with ortho learn about ortho and then once you have beta clients and you've created something that is that helps that that ortho then Acts to be introduced to people in this network that are outside, that are in dentistry, but outside of ortho. He can put you on with, he can get you, he can make three phone calls and get you three beta clients. 
he can say, hey, I subscribe to this magazine, get you a little ad in the back of that. Or, hey, we got this event coming up that we're going to learn about. Okay, let me, let me break down some other stuff while we're on this topic, right, that I had no idea about. What about what about the medication companies that come to the dental or ortho um, to, to sell their medication? They need training. They need marketing. What about the equipment and technology? There's a lot of technology companies that sell tech um, and complete systems to dental, ortho, and hygienists. There's a lot of camera industry technology that's in dental, ortho, and uh, hygienists. Just camera, just taking pictures of before and after smiles, um, taking pictures of, of uh, before and after crowns, before and after root canals, before and after cleanings. There's a lot of camera technology that is that is only for that niche that you can be introduced to to create content for. Um, like you, you, technology, you can go x-ray machines, you can go just all kind of stuff, all kind of stuff. Um, that's just, that's just ridiculous that once you get into the industry, you'll learn about, you'll start going to a dental event and you'll have companies that sell gloves and scrubs and face coverings and, uh, the, the, the machine that's used to, to, to clean up the saliva. Like it's so many, like once you get in that industry, there's so many ways you can go that right now you're not even thinking about. And this is not just for that industry. This is for whatever your niche is. There is so many different ways to go when you when you build that relationship with the beta client to open these doors that you just don't think about. You just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. The average person don't know why I'm at NAB every year. They don't know. But if you're selling a camera product and I tell you to go to NAB and it's all the camera people in the world. You got 10 different ways you can go to sell your product. So, so you don't know what you don't know. And that's why beta client is so important and be as, as specific as possible in that niche. Live in it, own it, and, and let your beta client introduce you to other areas where the sky's the limit. And guess what? You won't have no competition because all these damn content creators want to work with everybody. And they end up working with nobody. And and if I and if a if a if a dentist decide he want to even give you a chance, you come in talking to other stuff, you out of here. I'm not paying you top dollar because you don't understand my industry. It's, if you had to pay somebody to change your tire and you had to teach them how to change a tire, you're not gonna pay them top dollar. You're gonna give them some change. If I gotta show you where to put the jack and what the, you know, righty tighty, lefty loosey, if I gotta tell you that, you're not a pro. It's completely different than somebody saying. We do this all day. Your tire need to be torqued down to 300 foot pounds of torque each lug. In fact, we need to tighten them in a star formation so that we can. That, that's what I want to hear when I'm paying top dollar. I don't want to hear, uh, we're going to see, you know, I'm, I'm going to see what. I don't want somebody that's asking me what size lug I got. You should be able to look at it and be like, oh, that's a Ford Bronco, six lug. That's a 19 millimeter. You should already have the impact tool. I know not to put it back on with the impact tool or strip it because those are aluminum bolts. We may want to upgrade you to steel bolts so we don't have that problem. But I do know when I put an aluminum bolt to only torque it down to 34 foot pounds of torque. If it was a steel bolt, we can go up to 40 foot pounds of torque. That's what I want to hear. I'm paying top dollar for that. Not no, uh, I'm just going to turn it until it's tight. Dog, don't touch my car. Unless I'm broke. Unless I'm trying to get by or I'm the cheap guy, they they appreciate that. 
People with the money to spend don't want to hear that junk. I want a professional to look at my stuff and know exactly what we're doing here and have the ability to explain it to me. I mean, you don't really need somebody to explain to you as to why your bolts need to be tight, but it would be nice to understand the cons of having it over tight. People don't think about that. You tighten the bolt too much, you're losing the stud. You lose the stud, your wheel going to come off. We got to go and take your wheel off and hammer each stud out the back. Or I may have to replace your whole assembly hub because congratulations, they don't sell these studs separately. Those are the, those are the screws for those people that's not car people. Those are the screws that hold your tire on. They don't sell those studs separately. You got to buy the whole hub and that's 250 And then we got to install it. We got to take all this out to get to it. So now over tightening this bolt cost you a grand. Congratulations. Not to mention the damage that was caused by the tire coming off, tearing up your fender and your body or whatever. So so you can go the cheat route if you want to, but there's a lot of people like myself that want it done right, that's going to spend what what what's what it cost. I got a friend right now, he liked to go cheap mechanic. Cheap mechanic, like, uh, it could be your catalytic converter, it could be your O2 sensor, it could be your I don't deal with mechanics like that. I deal with mechanics that have the tools to tell me exactly what the problem is. Your mechanic can't tell you what the problem is because he don't have the tools to properly diagnose it. Every car since 90, 1996 got an OBD2 connector that'll tell you exactly what 99% of problems are down to the cylinder head. I, if your mechanic is guessing, it's only because he hasn't invested in the tools to know exactly what's wrong with your car. I don't want that guy. I want the you guy know, that's going to say exactly what it is. Yo. I, I actually got one of those Bluetooth things because, uh, you know, I, I was having a problem with my car a few months ago and they'd plug it in and they'd see like, let, they'd see it like in a static format. Yeah. And I got my own and free app. I'm going through and now I'm getting all the data yep. off of it. And then I, and I handed that over to them and they're like, this is amazing. It's like they could see exactly what what the what the problem was, and it wasn't just a static. Oh, hey, we have to recreate it. I yeah. I captured everything for them because your car gives and, you codes. You can look it up yeah. and fix it yourself. You can look it up, buy the part, and show up and say this is what it is. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, they're not exactly charging it. you a diagnostic fee. So I mean, don't get me wrong. There's higher end tools that can really pull up codes, even when your car is not don't have a check engine light, and that's why dealerships are. You know, you can buy that stuff. It's just a lot of shops don't want to spend five grand for a computer to do it. But when you have somebody that specializes in it, you're going to get better results and you're going to attract. Listen, if you're not making a lot of money per shoot, it's because you don't look like you can fix anything. You look like you can fix everything. That's a problem. When you want it done right, you want to go to a specialist. People who want it done right go to specialists. They spend top dollar. They don't nag and negotiate. They spend top dollar. So if people aren't paying you top dollar to, to film something, to take their pictures, it's because you don't specialize in anything and you look like everybody else. And 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 you attract cheap people that's saying, that's posting on Facebook, who know a photographer? What they're really saying is who knows somebody that's going to give me this for the cheapest price possible. I don't want them guys because I can eat off two people per month that want specialists and I can make $30,000 and sleep in 25 days of the month and be bored and stay up all night and binge watch shows. Cause I know I can sleep in the next day because I made my 30 grand this month. 
I pay my employees, my bills is paid, and I'm chilling. So it, the choice is yours on which way you want to work. Some people like to grind. Some people, I'm grinding, man. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. Have fun with that. I'm going back to sleep. So specialize in something. Be the best at it and position yourself as an authority in that industry so that you can attract high-end clients. It's that easy. It, the part that it takes that a lot of people don't have is the discipline of feeling like they're going to miss out if they don't do everything. Specialize in something. Because trust me, look, you specialize in solving ortho problems. You get your foot in the door doing ortho content. Guess what? Now they need headshots. Now they want to do a podcast. Now they want to do reels. You're going to still get all them layups. But they're going to trust you more because you specialize in their industry. And if you specialize in something, your upsells and bundles, they sell a lot quicker because you're the authority. They trust you. I work in this industry. I know what works. You need X, Y, and Z. They will trust you and do it. If you everywhere, how you know, how I know this works? When, show me a list of companies this work for. Or you just out here experimenting them. When you get surgery from your doctor, they can show you a list of patient, patients and they have experience on how this works. They're not saying, well, let's see. We're going to get you under the knife. We're going to knock you out and let's see. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting surgery by you, bro. So those are things to think about. What I said to you. You asked me, did I want you to leave it on? No, you all over there helping a whole good strap. I don't even know who that is. Okay. I'm yeah, gonna don't hit him. Don't hit him. Um, <laughs> so so it's just something to think about. That man saying, you got to leave. You ain't got to. You can stay here anyway. Um, I'm going to let you. <laughs> With that being said, I'm going to slide out. Any other questions before I go, before I pass it to Victor for the late show? Any other questions? I'm sorry I was a long-winded question, but I feel like... Uh, you know, I felt like uh, it, it required a long answer. That, that's kind of why, let me say this real quick. That's kind of why the modules is important. And I kind of tell you to go through them because sometimes when we ask questions, there's 10 other questions that got to get answered before we get to that. You know what I'm saying? I, I can tell you to to uh, to cook it at 450 degrees, but I also, we got to know that we need to thaw it and season it this way before we get to the point where we're putting it in the oven. And, and to make sure we cooking it right, you know, it's it's important to know the steps before we get to that. That way, I'm not telling you to put a raw roast in your oven for 450 for 10 for two hours. If that makes sense, if that analogy makes sense. But any hey, other Ty, questions? Go go for it. Th th that feels like about about the stuff you would need to cook that bologna last week. That was a that was if you missed last week, uh, go watch last week accountability meeting. It was the thickest piece of bologna. In fact, I made the, the, if you look at the poster, if you look at the image for last week's accountability, it is a piece of bologna. That's how big that bologna was. <laughs> when, I, when I thought about reposting it to the platform, I was like, this picture got to be bologna. <laughs> but yeah, um, let me make sure I pass this to you. Booyah. I have one question for you, sir, and this is a short one, Connor. Go for it, bro. What uh, what do you think? Can you uh, can we can you quantify what uh, a review might mean to you? As far as reviewing here, <clears throat> uh, just uh, like a customer review. And oh, okay, yeah. Um, same as testimonials, right? I push my customers when when I ask for a review. I want to review 
based off the, the buying process. I'm going to tell you why. Just like I said, just like I said with the testimonials, when somebody's thinking about buying from you, they're somewhere in that process. I don't want it was good. I don't want they was fast and cheap. I don't want that. That doesn't help me. I don't want to attract people that think I'm cheap because your cheap ain't they cheap, right? Your cheap is as a company is 35,000 because because last company charged them, you know, wanted to charge them 150,000. Their cheap reading this is 350. So I don't want to I don't want to go down the path of cheap. I want a review that speaks to a certain stage of the buying process. Hey, we looked all over. You know, we couldn't find anybody who specialized in what we needed until we found Ty and Flash on Media. That, I got you. that that's important. That helps me bring customers in because somebody landing on this is in one of those stages. So often I'm trying to get reviews and testimonials to speak to one. Do this for your client. Watch what it do for they for they sales. Don't just do a random testimonial. We like them. Jonathan was nice. And he so what? Let me look at my five stages and make sure that I ask you questions to make you talk about the first three. Mm-hmm. We were looking all over. You know, when you Google this stuff, you find 20 people that say they can do this. The reason we set it on set it on tie and flash from media was because that's a buying stage. People are researching. They're looking at others. This review helped me make people make a decision as to why they should choose me over the other people. Mm-hmm. That's a legitimate review that is helpful to my brand. Saying I'm cheap, saying I'm good, saying I'm fast. Don't help me. But if you say you talk about the result, right? The, the last stage of the buying process is, you know what? We ended, we pulled the trigger on them. They were a little more expensive than we thought, but the return on investment was 10x or whatever. That's that's people that's unsure about buying from you. Oh, if you're saying that the, that it, that you too felt this way, but your outcome was 10x, it's normal for me to feel like this is a big big venture. It's normal for me to feel like this is a bit expensive. It's normal for me to be unsure about the price, but I know you felt that way, and your results are what I'm looking for. So this review is going to help me get over that hump, and that's what your review should your review should be doing. That I don't need nobody to confirm that. We we good. How? How does that? You know what I'm saying? You've never. If look at it like this, if you was looking for a restaurant and one person said the burger was good and another person said the burger came out perfect, it was medium well, the lettuce was fresh. They offered the, the highest selection of cheeses I can find. When I bit into this burger, the flavor was like nothing I ever had. Which one are you going to go with? You're going to go with the description. That's why you see companies, right? I used to, I used to clown Fridays, right? Cause they had a saying that we, we provide handcrafted burgers. I'm like the burger is not handcrafted. Like who making a burger that ain't touching hands, but it was the description that helped people decide between, even though we know, like when you really think about it, wherever you buy a burger, it's handcrafted. But since they said it, it just gives them a little edge. It's like it's like Subway's always fresh idea. It's like it's it's why certain sub companies slice meat in front of you when they don't have to. They can throw it in the machine and the and the meat will come out the same way. But by slicing it in front of you, you feel like it's fresh. It could be an old piece of ham from last month. If they cut it in front of you, 
you think is fresh. It just does some. That's why a lot of companies are starting to move their kitchen out front. They're making their kitchen viewable because it sells the idea that they're fresh. I can see the kitchen. I see them preparing food. They could be heating mine up in the microwave. I don't even know. But because I see people slicing and doing stuff, my assumption is that the food is fresh. The Panera's, the, the Jason Delis. You starting to see a lot of companies move their kitchen to the front. They but, not, but, they, but they don't say that about Waffle House, though. Well, <laughs> just, they don't. Even though they cook in front of you, you like, how bad could it be? My man made it right there. If he drop it, I can see it. This place ain't the cleanest, but I can see my food make it from the grill to my table without hitting the flow. I'm good. <laughs> like, like, let me get that all star. But, I, but, but you'll notice that a lot of companies are doing this because it, it, even though they're not organic, they're not, you know, all natural, whatever to see my food being made. I'm gonna give you who used to kill us. Who used to kill a game? Red lobster. You would go in there and you would see lobsters in the tank up front. You would be like, yo, they not telling you. That very rarely are they grabbing one of them. You getting some stuff out the freezer in the back, fam. They would grab one or two, but you would just think like, man, when I was a kid, I used to go, I used to love to go to Red Lobster. Never even ate lobster, but it was fresh because I seen a tank full of lobsters. They still doing that. They still doing that. You think it's super fresh? Your junk coming out the freezer. You never. They just bait and switch. You don't think about it. But it's a tactic that they use. You can be landlocked. You can be in Idaho somewhere. If you see that tank, bruh, you're going to be like, this lobster is fresh. Francis right? so say he went, to, I go to, I, I go to Waffle House about at least once a week and get that all-star. Depends how I'm feeling. I take a lot of business calls at Waffle House. Be on my phone talking. I do have a question about the reviews and testimonials because I'm kind of running into an issue with uh, my Pop okay. Warner League. No matter how much, you know, I try to give them as far as, you know, what I'm wanting them to, you know, say, I'm finding myself because I use a teleprompter. I'm finding myself I'm writing the response for them when it comes to the review. How, how do you navigate that? Let's say you're working with someone. A I client, like that question. I like and that they question. are just struggling. How much do you kind of help them in fleshing out that review or testimonial? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I'm not writing. I don't want a written testimonial, a, a review. That's on a testimonial. I don't want to. I don't want them reading the script. That takes away from the authenticity of it to me. So I'm I'm asking questions in a way to trigger the response I want. Right. So let me give you an example. I may say, "How did it feel when you realize?" your roof was causing your, your power bill to be higher, right? How did, how did that feel? Now, I'm also telling them to rephrase my question in their answer. So their answer is, the way, when I noticed that my roof was losing heat causing my electric bill to be higher, I felt robbed or I felt unhappy with, you know, I, I felt like I could save tons of money if my roof was better, I, I started thinking about how many months it was like this and how much money I may have lost because my roof didn't hold the, enough energy as it, as it should have. And I may say, okay, can you, can you reword that? Can you tell me a little bit more about the savings? Well, I noticed now that my roof is fixed. My electric bill this July 
was half of what it was last July. Well, how does that make you feel? It make me feel good knowing that now that I got my roof done, my electric bill is lower and moving forward, the $500 in savings I'm saving every month, I can go do something else with. So, so I'm, I'm tailoring my testimonials like that. I'm not doing, I don't want to, I don't want somebody like, I really enjoyed the time I came here. It was great. I'm not selling that ever. In fact, I'm gonna tell you another thing. I like to record testimonials on like Osmo pockets and go and not GoPros, but cell phones. I like the authenticity of, of, of a cheap camera with a testimonial, a cheap camera with a testimonial it does wonders. Don't get me wrong. There's times if I'm, if I'm dealing with ortho, their client is more high end. I'm going to bring out the reds. If I'm dealing with dentistry, I'm going to go to the cell phone. It's, it's different strokes for different folks. It's different times. You need to use different gear, but it's about your audience. Nobody's, nobody's dying to go to the dentist. So I'm going to tell you a testimonial I did that was, it was about pain management. It was about, you know, I was afraid to get a root canal. They've been telling me for six months I needed a root canal and I didn't want to do it until they talked about ways that were going to make sure I didn't feel anything. And you know what? I hate needles. I hate pain. And I didn't feel anything, just a little pressure. And, and the root canal went smooth. So if you're on the fence about whether or not you need a root canal, if the pain is starting to get to you, and it's bugging you every day, come see this dentist because you won't feel anything and you'll be in and out in no time. That's that's something that holds people up. You know what I'm saying? So I'm often using my, my person to, to speak directly to people who are in these situations in one part of the buying stage to tell how they felt and, and how they overcame that by using the client that I have here, if that makes sense. Yeah, my wife just asked. My wife actually just had a root canal, and she was saying that because I was ask, asking, I was like, "Man, I know that was uh, you know, painful." She's like, "Nah, not didn't feel anything actually." So yeah, some people got laughing gas. Some people got, um, you know, just a shot. They got anesthesia. Some people have anesthesiologists, right? That's a whole another dental anesthesiologist. People don't know. I'm gonna tell you another thing crazy. Anesthesiologists are starting to work their way in the tattoo industry. People are going under, getting knocked out, getting 12 hours worth of work done, waking up, not feeling nothing. Crazy idea, but people who high-end tattoo artists offer your ability to be knocked out while they do your back tattoo. It's it's yeah. it's more and more common. Yeah, and that uh, uh, that really came from those really high-end clients like your like your professional athletes and stuff. Yeah, because you're not getting yeah. that for a two thousand dollar tattoo. You're getting that for a ten thousand dollar tattoo. Because that alone may be twenty five hundred. So that's you know. But when it comes to testimonials, I'm always speaking to a stage in a buying process. I'm always getting there. How did this make you feel? Don't just say what you got out of it. How does this make you feel? How does this help you? You get in a training video. What? How does it make you feel? As, as, a, as a person responsible for training a certain amount of employees, it makes me feel confident in my ability to make sure that my staff is all trained the same. It, it makes me confident in my ability to think that we're on the same page. It makes it easier for me to, you know, introduce new things to my staff or 
not have to ride them as long to to let them be themselves. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's like, those are the things that's going to help you sell. Not just, Oh, they did a training video. It worked. It was a good training video. It worked. It trained people. People knew their stuff. Dive deeper. Get to the emotional side of it. What can you do now that you couldn't do then? How is this? How? Because that's what I like. I did a video a while back from a good friend of mine that died. He uh he had a he was doing boat tours. I don't know if you ever seen it. You probably seen it on my website. And we did. It was called Sail with Scott. Right. We did this video. That's the one. If y'all look at the titles, that's where I got in trouble with the drone and FA. Um, but we did a video for him that went viral, right? It did like, it did like 80,000 views in the first month. And in his testimonial, he didn't talk about how the video, he didn't just talk about how the video went viral, but I had him talk about what it did for his company and how it made him feel, right? And his testimonials say, yeah, the video went viral in the first month, but let me tell you what it, what it did for me as far as ticket sales. It allowed me to sell X amount of tickets more. That, those are the testimonials that get you paid. Because I had to talk about the result, how it would, you know, we went from selling once a week to selling five times a week because of this video. We sell out every sale because of this video. This video has brought us, it's helped us achieve all of our sales goals. It, we're booked for next year because of this video. That is what Flash from Media was able to do for me. That's why you, that, that's the stuff that's like, yo, okay, what's the price again? We're going to have to pay it. It's 50, he want 50 grand. We, hey, we get, we're going to have to pay. Look what he did for them. We're going to have to pay it. That's the difference between somebody saying, we can shoot a video. We can make it look good. We shoot it in 4K. I got some reds and some FX9s and we can, okay. But are your clients saying that? When you get when you when you get clients to say that, and I think module three are going to testimonials more. When you get clients to say that, and you have an air in your niche, and it's nothing but the emotional side of what you were able to do for their business because of your expertise, bro. You your checks just gonna get bigger and bigger. Your schedule just gonna get more and more full. But you all this starts with being disciplined enough to pick a niche and living within that niche. You can't do this for three, four, five niches. It's impossible. You got you to gotta stand on something. You got to pick it, live and die with it, marry it, know about it, and do it. You can't be general purpose guy. It's not going to happen. So everybody ain't good enough to play two sports. Everybody ain't Dion and and Bo Jackson, everybody ain't, you know what I'm saying? There's a few, but be the best at your position in your sport. You will make, you will make all the money you, if you just focus on being a really good punter, <laughs> you're going to make millions. Even if you're the bottom of the, you, if you're a punter on the worst team in the NFL, 99% of people in America would take that job, that pay, and that life over Going to punch a clock every day. Just be the all you got to do is be the best punter on the worst team, and you making millions. So, but you got to specialize in kicking a ball fifty yards. You got to specialize in. It. So that's what I encourage you guys to do. And a lot of times, we're all over the place, 
it comes down to that discipline. You got to be disciplined to stick with that. Because if you can go a lot further focusing on that one thing than if you were 10 different places trying to see what works and what stick. If that's your plan A, B, C, D, and E, if that one thing is your plan A, B, C, D, and E, you're going to see results. But if you're worried about plan B and plan C and plan E, you're not going to make it. Don't have, don't have a plan B. I mean, unless you need one, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about sometimes you got to go to Walgreens. But anyway, if you want to focus on plan A, you're you picking up what I'm putting down. You want to focus on plan A. So let that be your plan. Anyway, let me let me slide. I'm gonna Victor, you got the you got the host. I'm gonna let y'all do the late, late show. Um, I hope it's still zero zero unless the unless the Rangers is up. It's still zero zero. Okay. So we're gonna do this same time next week. Hopefully I'll have audio for the whole show. But we still have this that, that you guys can watch back once I post it. Um and everything. So I'll see y'all in the next video. And y'all be safe. Right. Go strolls, man. Creighton, Rangers, Rangers and Tigers. That's it. You've been listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.